Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Good afternoon, everybody. We are back in the Storyteller Studio back in Rockford, Illinois. And in the room today, we have a very, very unique combination. First of all, we have three radio people from the same family that are all alumni from the WROK, WZOK Radio Ranch. But we also have Liz Wilder and Chuck Doyle and myself, Tim Larson. And if you divide all six of us together, I know Gary Moore, Chuck knows Steve Moore, and Liz knows Carol Moore. So we're going to jockey around because we have six people and four microphones, and we're going to do the best we can with trying to get everybody's story in. But basically, we have the Knoll family here. And Gary Knoll, I knew from the sales force, and Steve Knoll pretty much did everything at the radio station over time. Yeah, over time. Yeah. And Carol was way beyond me, so I don't have a clue about Carol. So therefore, Liz will step in for her portion because they've been best friends for a very, very long time. So, Steve... Welcome to Rockford again. You're in Tulsa, Oklahoma now, right? That's correct. I'm up here for a vacation, believe it or not. Wow. And are you still in the radio business in Tulsa? Yes, I sure am. And what do you do? Uh, News anchor on KRMG in the evenings. Oh, my. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, Just a little over a year now. So yeah. you you went to other cities and oh yeah and I've been, okay. I've been all over the place. My since goodness. Rockford, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm really glad we got you while you're on vacation. Because maybe two weeks ago, Mark Larson was here, and he had so many people lined up. He was going up to Oshkosh. He was having breakfast with Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. Did he fly his own plane up? <laughs> well, he flies his own plane. Now, I, so. I had that impression, but I can't be 100% sure. Gotcha. Okay. And so I was really low on the ladder with everything because, you know, you can't compete with Grandma and uh, Rick Nielsen. And so we didn't catch him that time, but we will sooner or later because boy mark is obviously a big big part of wrok i remember mark because uh when i first came to rockford i went to work for wrwc and we hired mark out of high school and it was his first radio job it was amazing (laughs) and the guy the guy it it sounded like he was he's been on the air for 20 years the guy was amazing he is a kid out of high school yeah he is that kind of guy that it's just all of a sudden if you don't go into radio something is really really bad yeah yeah it was sort of one of those things so chuck why don't you start because you know how steve started and let's get some stories out of steve and then we'll go down whatever rabbit hole we can Wow, there's tons right. of rabbit holes. Uh, all right, it could be a rat hole, you know. It could, yeah. be. it could be. It could be. All right. Well, I remember Chuck. I was there a little before Chuck started. Because aren't you? That, you were in Love's Park. Correct. Yeah. 
That is correct. So, you know, your dad worked at the station. Yep. So I hung and around. And lived around the corner. Yeah, that's right, two blocks away from the so station. So yeah. who else would you call <laughs> when, when, when something's wrong with a station? So when did you – obviously you hung around the station. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, my whole life we're around radio stations. And when did you actually start there? Started there in August, it'd be this month in 1977. It was about two weeks before my senior year at Boylan. Okay. So I was just doing, I worked, I was hired to do Sundays. So I worked 6 a.m. to noon on Sundays running the religious programming, community service type stuff. And then I would work from 6 p.m. until 5 a.m. Monday morning. Casey Kasem, um, Powerline, you know, all you the syndicated re- shows. Okay, you, you know. re-ran po- or you re-ran Casey? Casey ran from 6 to 10 and then again from midnight to 4. See, I did not know that. That, but that was have, gone. We I had think. a two-hour sh- show between 10, a- 10 p.m. and midnight. I can't remember what it was. Um, I remember Powerline with Brother John Power Rivers. Powerline was on at from 4 <laughs> to 5 and then Fred Spear for an hour. At our age, Powerline was the coolest religious show it out was. there. It was. Absolutely. Because Brother John Rivers would play Brother, this one. Brother John Rivers out of Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, do you. that was great. <laughs> so uh, who hired you? Uh, Carl Hamilton. Dave Hamilton. Okay. Oh, my. And who were the personalities at that time? Okay, let's remember here. 1977, it was Mel Young doing mornings. I believe Dave Hamilton did like a quick... Two-hour Two-hour thing just to get on the board. Exactly. I remember that. I don't yeah. remember who was doing middays at the time. Dan Campbell. Was it Dan doing I think middays well, or afternoons? Afternoons. Well, well, it was, it was uh, uh, sort of toggle back and forth because you had Jack Randall in there, too. Oh, yeah. that's who it was. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you sort of had all Jack that Jack Randall was doing middays. Yeah. Dan was doing afternoons. And nights, believe, Mark Rivers. Mm-hmm. Shotgun Mark Rivers. And then... I don't remember who was on after that, but I know Bobby B was doing overnights. Don yeah. Don Geronimo was doing ten to two. Who That's right. The, who did the Tiger Fist thing? Okay, <laughs> let's not get into that do, one yet. Do you? This do is you, later down the road. Do you see what Gary's role is in yes, all this I now? Do, yes. <laughs> to make trouble. So you were still going to high school. Still going to high school and just working Sunday, doing that long Sunday day. The only break I got was between noon and six to kind of get a nap in there, to get homework done, and. And Sunday you gra- night. You graduated what? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Yeah. 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 So, so you're, I did you're, that for almost a year. You're yeah. same as Tim. Yeah. And I'm a year younger, and you were like the superstar of the deal because your dad worked there and you got to work there. Right. And him and I are looking in the windows. Or, <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, had, I had an inside track. Yeah. You, you <laughs> I had. Didn't a, know I had that much influence. Well, I don't even you know. Think, I don't know your, if you did. It says or not, what is your position at the, what was your position at the station? Mine was sometimes upright. But on bump. Where are our snare drums? Yeah, I don't we know. We don't have sound effects. <laughs> um, and that's a, that's a time that I was kind of hanging around the station, right. looking in the windows, right. trying to get my foot in the door. And you tried hard. You worked hard at it. Oh, I, I did. That. Oh, mm-hmm. I yeah. did. Yep. But, but it got me there. Yeah, it finally it got me in. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, so you were doing that. And there, there was um, during that time I was doing that, there were personnel changes. I mean, Dave Hamilton left. He took Dan Campbell with him to Little Rock. Yes. K-A-A-Y. 
probably right after they got the International Radio Station of the Year I think it wasn't too long after that. Yeah. Then he took Joe James with him, too, to KY. that's right. Remember? I do. And and another guy, Marvelous Mark. Do you remember Marvelous Mark? I do, yeah. Was that Mark Mark Elliott? No. Separate guy. separate guy. Really? Mark Elliott was earlier in the 70s, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. 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 A little bit earlier. another guy. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he was on the air when we first moved to Rockford. Mark, I remember he did nights, right? Marvelous Mark was nights. No, Mark or, Elliott. Mark Elliott did, yeah. He after, did evenings. After 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, or maybe wow. even earlier. Well, you know, if we ever have any questions on this, one, Ron Galena saved all the employee lists, so we could go ahead and do oh, our research true. there. Or <laughs> we could call the Rain Man of Radio, which is Bill Shannon. Because he chronologically remembers everything. I don't know. See, I'm having trouble remembering he was stuff gone. like that. Yeah, so, yeah. He, he was yeah. gone before, or you were gone before he got there. I yeah. remember more backstage stuff. I would never be able to tell you the year that I did the backstage stuff. You know, that type of thing? Right. I just have no concept of the math part about it. Now, right. what you were doing, there was another guy doing it. When I, I remember when I walked in, and he was a little flighty. George? Came from Freeport? George, I replaced George. Did you? George, he trained me to do all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I remember, remember George. Remember little flighty? He was a flighty guy. And goofy. Yeah, I do remember. George is the one who trained me. Yes, because yeah. I was coming in at the same time, uh, and George did some stuff, and Nick Scott did some stuff. Nick, yeah. So you were there before ZOK's studios were built. Right. Did you work with the automation? Yes, unfortunately. Yes. The nightmare. And it was in the hallway. Automation from hell. It was on the in the hallway just next to the studio outside the hallway there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, which was later on the bullpen. It basically. was a beautiful music format. Yes, beautiful and music. And Nick Scott oversaw that. And he, yeah. That was his baby, too, by the way. Yes. Yeah. He, 24 hours of sunshine. Is that what it was? It was. It was. <laughs> I remember the bus backs. You remember they had the bus benches advertisements? Oh, yes. And that was one of the first images I remember of WZOK is beautiful music, 24 hours of sunshine. Well, the okay. actual machine was, machine was 24 hours of nightmares. <laughs> Is what yeah. it was. Yeah. I got and, a story about that. Can I insert it? You can. <laughs> you can. I endeared myself to Mr. Nolte on the first day of the job okay. that I was there. All okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I was hired, of course, to be a salesman, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I had a engineering in the past. I was a chief engineer at two other stations before. And the automation system broke down, and the engineers from ROK were out setting up a remote somewhere. So I went in there and I and I had a similar I put together a similar automation system in Iowa when I worked in Iowa and I found the problem and I got it going and Vern Nolte thought I was some kind of a damn genius. Yeah. And a- after that I was I was I was a a pretty good guy for Vern Nolte. Yeah, he thought I was I, he thought I was the fit. So the now you were labeled. I'm, I, I, you I remember was labeled how, a genius. Do you remember how you fixed that? I don't remember how you I fixed unplug it. it and then plug it back <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reboot that sucker. <laughs> Most of us yeah. will just go and kick it on the side. That's that re- that's what rebooting was for me. Actually, to use your boot, <laughs> yeah. that's what it meant to me back then. <laughs> and I, I, you know, when when uh, you talk about Nick Scott with the automation, when we had the high school radio station and I sold an advertisement for Jerry's restaurant, Jerry's hamburgers. You remember them? Oh yeah, I remember those. 
They gave it. They gave me the ad, nice jingle and everything, on a reel. I couldn't do anything with it. Real, real. So I called up the radio station and got Nick Scott, and he goes, yeah, bring it on in. We'll put it on cart for you. So he handed the reel. I can remember this like it was yesterday. He handed the cart or handed the reel to Mark Larson to go in the production room, put it on cart. And while he was doing that, he showed me the automation system because, again, that's Nick's baby. Yes. And fast forward, I don't know how many years, maybe two, maybe three I get a wild hair up my ass to go into Chicago and see all the big buttons and wires at WLS and WGN, WMAQ. Who's the guy that comes to take me through the radio station at Q101, NBC, and the Merchandise Mart? Nick, Nick Scott. Scott. Oh, my yes. god! Yes. And him and I look at each other because it's been a couple of years past. Yeah. And he goes, I know you from somewhere. And I go, I know exactly where I know you from. <laughs> And he spent half a day with Mary and I. We were working in Freeport at the time and just was the nicest host for these two little punk kids wanting to know what's going on in the big city. So there's my Nick and Mark automation story connection. Yeah. 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 When they took that thing out, it was like a glorious day in that building. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to Gary's thing, uh, I don't know if if a lot of people knew, but Mr. Nolte was a technical background. Absolutely. He invented the cart machine, and he owned an automation uh, system manufacturing company in in Bloomington. ITC, And the station in Iowa that I was the chief engineer bought his automation system. Oh, my. So he was not a salesperson, which most today, a lot of this stuff, he was an engineering guy. So anything engineering, tech, he was a tech guy. Yeah. He was a tech guy. And that's and why that station that always sounded the best. They had the best exactly. equipment. He yeah. would buy two of everything. It didn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, we could need a spare, don't we? Oh, yeah, we need a spare. So he, he, we'd have two of everything. He but cared no. what came out of the speakers. Yes, he did. He yep. did. He did. And, and he it, cared it, about that. And it was it was equal. We've talked about this before. I think when John Strand was in here. It was not like he favored, let's say, news or technical or oh, the on-air or the hey, FM or the Fred, AM. No, I correct you on well, that. No, Fred d- Spear hat was the king, and yeah. if you did anything against Fred Spear, you were gone. No, I, I mean, mean, yeah, he I, was oh, the I understand king, that. Right? I'm talking department-wise. Okay. So if somebody came in and needed something, yes, go do it. And somebody else came in and needed something, yes, go do it. So yep. he treated the whole station equal, and that's why it elevated. Right. He did not let sales overrun the radio station because let's figure, you know, you got a sales guy and a program director and they butt heads. Yes. And the general approach. manager is supposed to kind of, okay, you take 50 and you take 50. Vern Nolte said, no, it will be this way. He did not let the he did not let sales take over. Otherwise, we would have had crappy equipment and sound crappy the whole time. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree with that. Crap Are you saying talent? salespeople were in, in favor of crappy equipment? No, sal- <laughs> salespeople. I think you missed the point on that one. I think I did. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Salespeople would want to run your spot loads up high. Oh, yeah. And Vern, of course. Yeah. And, and the program director would say no, no, no. And so you had to go between guy. And Dave probably just came back from a power lunch. And he didn't want to hear well, about it. The, yeah. the spot loads were high. Yeah. I mean, back then. But I mean, you were playing eighteen minutes. They wanted to do more. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. I know. And, and, fight and them. We had to speed up songs to be able to fit I, them in. I remember that. Yes. Did you remember that, Chuck? What's that? Speed up songs. They sped up songs to fit more spots. Just in. a little bit by well, maybe a third of a. The, you know. 
the biggest problem the sales department had was availabilities. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of pro- It was never a problem selling WROK or ZOK. It was a problem of availability. Yeah, but in today's world, you would make more money because Certainly. that would be that dramatic. Well, that's why we wanted to get as many of our commercials no, in as no, we could. No, I'm saying if the inventory was low and you couldn't, then you would sell the spot for higher. That's what they do now with dramatic pricing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your commission would go through the roof because everybody yeah. wants you. Yeah. But also now, and compared to back then... The program director usually loses out if they need to add some more spots. They, they did. So yeah, they, they and, did. The and sales they, did. The sales would overcome. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what happens today. And but but back then. Yeah, if you had somebody like Vern Nolte, that probably yeah. wasn't going to happen. Uh, the reason they they pitched those up two percent to three percent. Yeah. I mean that was a big thing in the seventies. WLS, all these stations sure, did, it did it because it made your station sound brighter and faster and hip. And that's the time when your jocks were hip, and, and so you know they were pitched. Yeah, they well, were and, you, and your compression, or I mean, your, I mean, just everything, reverb, everything about the station was heightened, and there was no wait till the song fades out. Nope. Even if it was a slow song like Bread, there was no, oh, let it know. You no, were no. over the You're tail right. of that. Exactly. And you just, you just kept moving. There was never any quiet. No. <laughs> never any. No. There was quiet. There was something wrong. So, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Steve. Going back to your time here, um, John Q was the engineer. Exactly. Yeah. And it was John Q. Shepler. Oh. That, his middle initial was Q. Yeah. He was always known by Q. Yeah. yeah. You remembered. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It took a, a little bit. A genius of engin- engineer. Uh, yeah. He had yeah, that very forthcoming. So good. I got to tell you, and out of all my years there, he was probably the best. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, then came Ed Jurich afterwards. Right. Well, well, not, well, going back to John Q, did he end his career at ROK or he'd go on somewhere else? I don't know. I was okay. gone. Okay. He was still there when I left. I don't know. I always heard that he had a gig at Sunstrand, too, and maybe that's where he was doing oh. and doing this, too. But they wanted him, and he was good. Oh, man, he okay. was so good. Yeah, just yeah. curious. Okay. You know, interesting, you know, later on down the road working there, stuff would break, and these engineers would go, oh, we'll get to it whenever. Not, not back no, then. No, uh-uh. It was immediate. Repair. Not when Vern Nolte was around. Well, yeah, no. the thing with the equipment there, they always had replacement equipment. If a mm-hmm. cart machine went down, they had another one ready to go. Yeah. So there was no downtime. Well, they also did that with their staff, didn't they? If somebody just, you know, they just pick another one off the shelf and well, you they, fill in. They called yeah. Steve because he lived around the corner. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. He did fall off the shelf. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, that kind of happened. Bobby B got sick one night. When I first started, I'd never been on the air before. and Because all I did was syndicated programming, the religious programming. The only time I cracked a mic was do a, a quick weather forecast during Casey Kasem, maybe once or twice an hour. Uh, Bobby B. got sick one night, and Carl Hamilton calls me up and says, well, you're going to be making your debut tonight. Bobby can't come in. I was scared (laughs) stiff. Of course you were. The first time I was supposed to talk, I still remember this today. This was almost 44 years ago. Cracked open the mic to hit the song, to say whatever I was supposed to say, and nothing came out. (laughs) Wait a minute. Nothing came out your mouth. Nothing came out of my mouth. You probably peed a little bit. (laughs) I may have. I don't remember that. It came out the wrong end. It did. But I opened that mic, hit the song, and I couldn't say a word. Yes, it was after 2 a.m. It was 2 to 5 is what Bobby shipped was. So you got your composure on the next song? No, I got a call on the hotline. (laughs) 
Because Carl told me, I, he told me I don't listen to my jocks for the first night on the air. Dave Hamilton. Yeah. Still call him Carl. Um, but anyways, so the hotline rings, and he goes, what happened with that first break? I said, I just froze up, man. I couldn't, I lost, I couldn't say a word. And he could relate to it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he could have. Yeah. Um, oh, so no. he goes, he's tell, you know what, just settle down. Take some deep breaths. Just relax. Nobody's judging you. I said, right. <laughs> and I said, then I asked him, what about, I thought you said you didn't listen to Jocks on the first. Uh, he said I lied. So um, Now, another big debut. But it was a rough, it was rough that first. But once you got the hang of it, it kind of, yeah. you know, you kind of got into it. And, you know, it was fine the rest of the night. Even it, though I'm sure I sounded like hell. I'm sure you know, turning on the WROK mic, you better have the pot down when you turn it on because it would click. Yes, that's and that right. click with the compression. Yeah, it you would, would hear that. Yeah. So you had so no you turning had the it you, pot down and mic on. Then, but yeah. yeah. But you know that's always how I learned. I never clicked the mic with the pot up. I mean, that's just sort of my habit. Yeah. So I guess I never knew that about the board. A, a lot of the older guys, that was one of their things. Oh, like a shortcut. Know, shortcut. You know, turn it off, hit a commercial. Yeah, but you can hear that switch. You can hear the switch. Yeah. yeah. So I, another big debut time is always the WROKZOK Christmas party. <laughs> did you? How many did you do? I think I – well, I actually yeah. had to work Gary those. now maybe might want to leave the room. Yeah. I think I better leave now. <laughs> I had to work during – during those, that that was my time to work because everybody else got and me you know, too. The night and off. I think we might have switched a shift and did we half could, and half. Maybe did you miss the one in Galena? That no, was I went one. to that one. See, I worked that one. Yeah. See, I everybody got, to go got to coats, one. and I'm like, hey, where's my coat? <laughs> I got to go to the one in Galena. I think that's the only one I went to. Yeah. Otherwise, I was working at during. The yeah, uh, that, was I, that one. Bob Pressman was elected the king, and you had to raise your hand to go pee. What is that? Is that the one we're talking about? That what? could be. Uh, that, yeah, Dude, he was elected the king. That night was and a in blur. Order for to you be honest to go with to you. the bathroom, you had to raise your hand and get permission from the king. Well, we took a bus out there, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, yes. we took a bus, yeah. and it was loaded with beer. And on the oh, way back, all yeah. the beer cans would roll from one side to See, the I other. See, I think by the time we got to <laughs> Galena, I don't remember. I after. worked the air. I worked the air, and the buses were pulling up, and yeah. everybody was getting on the bus. You had. Oh, you were man. stuck at home. I was oh, stuck at home, but I was happy, you know, being. Being a young kid at that, that time, was one of sure, the, yeah. Being that was not a, the wildest Christmas party, though. But well, these Christmas parties, these yeah. Christmas parties, always had fire and shots. Oh my God! The, now the, I better leave the, at this point. The Christmas parties were epic. Yeah, they truly were. Yeah, he opened the door. Okay. Were they blue by any chance? They were called Flaming Blue, blue Jesus. Jesus. There you go. And I just okay. tossed him a softball there. It was just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of a, uh, oh, what shall we say, an initiation into the sales department. Wait a minute. You said kind of? Well, kind do you of. Wanna, do you want to anyway, stick with that answer? For some reason, after <laughs> kind of the last time we were at the Pyramid Club for our Christmas parties, we burned the bar, we burned the card table where they played cards, and for some reason, we were never invited back for any more Christmas parties. And I can't figure that out. But it's also the night that I burned my face and had to go to the hot. I went in to call on the Ford dealership the next day. So I go in, and my face is like, I lost half my nose, I think. And 
You had literally first degree <laughs> well, or second degree yeah, burns? I had a, I had had a, a little problem. Had and the guy beard. looked at me and says, Gary, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> so I couldn't shave for like three months. And then I, he, he said, you, the, the guy at the Ford dealer said, you better go to the hospital right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But it was, it was, well, what happened was when you take the flaming blue Jesus, the idea is to toss it down quickly and the fire extinguishes in your mouth. But the problem is if you're at it all jerky and you spill it on and you, you splash it, it on your face, you got a problem. Your face is on fire. And then uh, another one of the salesmen from ZOK had a little problem that night too. He spilled it all over the front of him and his tie and his shirt were on fire. <laughs> it, it was kind of, I think it was the last Christmas party that I was at come to think of it and and I know that they never got invited back to the Pyramid Club again after that. Oh, it, it was wow. a wild night. Just to and tell I think you. it was also the night that Barb had to drive me home. Oh. <laughs> and that would be Barb of the Reynolds. No, that version. would be Barb of no, the Barb is Oh your wife. Oh. Oh wow. That would be Barb of my wife. Wow. Just to let people know the Pyramid Club was in a very corner of the pump handle. That's right. Yes. And it was a Shriners club, which Vernolti was a mm-hmm. Shriner. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I didn't either. And it was top-notch liquor, oh, top yeah. shelf oh, all yeah. the way. Yep. So uh, this thing was reserved for the Noltes because yep. it was a Shriner deal. We went there until what? I, I can't remember, late 80s. We were never there, Liz, were we? Not in the 90s. Yeah. My, my well, Street <laughs> it was it was a dive neighborhood. Yes, it was. And it was yeah. dive part down. Of town. Yeah. But when you went in this club on the corner, and you could only get in on the corner, yep. they did have a hall that you come down, but it was locked. It was the nicest carpeting, mm-hmm. the oh, yeah. nicest stuff, yeah. because it was a Masonic Shriners Temple deal for the elite. And you got the money supporting it. Yeah, I've never had a bigger piece of prime rib with the bone in it in my life than that place. My last Christmas party was 1985, and I took a brand new girlfriend because I had just come back. What a mistake that was. (laughs) I just come back from Charleston, West Virginia. I was new to middays. I took Kelly Ryan's place. And, of course, you know, I'm flying high and everything's great. Oh, well, this is fantastic. And I take Tracy, and we go in. And, of course, you've got, let's say, an hour, for the sake of argument, of milling around and drinking and stuff like that before you sit down for dinner. Well, guess who's just pumping the crap with the alcohol into my girlfriend, which was new to him, Dave Salisbury. Oh, Oh, no. Won't you have another? I got some stories about it. It's free. Won't you have another? And within 40 minutes, I had to take her home. We literally, I mean, you hear the phrase about pouring people into a car. We literally poured her into a car. And Jack Lambiot took a picture of her passed out through my windshield. Well, here it is winter. And I had these really cool leather dress shoes. I mean, I was dressed to the nines, which I never was dressed to the nines. And, and of course, I spent the night over at her place. My shoes were completely soaked. So I put them near the register. 
Well, in the morning, those shoes were two sizes smaller than they were the night before. <laughs> that yeah. leather shrunk up. No, maybe you had a little too much to drink the night before, and the yeah. feet kind of got. Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. that. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So much for shoes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Gary was a cobbler somewhere in his past too, <laughs> along with being an engineer. Yes, yes. yes so I just I I have no recollection of 1985's party except for the very beginning. Yeah. So thank you, Dave Salisbury, for that one. Yes. Yeah. So Steve, Steve, going back on with with where you're at. So you're there until you graduate from high school, right? Doing this kind of swing. You're, you're a utility guy. This utility guy. And I'm coming it. in, and I'm kind of looking around as a utility guy too, because when uh, Hamilton left, we talked. There was a guy named Bob Good that came in. Right. And you remember Bob Good? I do remember Bob Good. Yeah, he was. um, Is he still around? Do you know? I don't know. Great question. He was an odd character. Yeah. Just say that. (laughs) But he was an operations director. Right. And he brings in I don't know the Fabulous Four or whatever you want to call them. He brought in um, John Arthur, John Whalen, Wow, Kim, Kim Carson, Kim Carson, and Chuck Diamond. He brought those in. All from different places, obviously. Yeah, Chuck Diamond came from where? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. John Arthur was in Waterloo or La Crosse. I don't remember which. Okay. Yep. Um, what about Kim? Kim? Kim was in De- somewhere in Michigan. Yeah, up by Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. And who was the other one again? John Whalen. I don't know where John was before. Yeah. Or okay. You know, to- you know, believe it or not, uh, I talked to Kim Carson maybe two months ago. And I'm going to make a trip over there because she lives in Rockford, Michigan. Oh, she does. She yeah. does, which is outside of Grand Rapids. Grand and Rapids. I have family there. And so we're going to sort of do the double dip nice. and sit down with her and visit some family. But she she left here back for a Detroit radio station. And since then, she has done Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and TV. She has a podcast now. So, yeah, we're going to get a lot of stories from Kim Carson. She, yeah, Kim started, Kim started, I think, like 10, 10 to 2 yeah. at night yeah. on ROK. And then yeah. they ended up moving her to the FM when it switched to Top 40. I don't remember that. Yes. She was there before she ended up going back to Detroit. Wow. She went with John Larson, I think, no, to Detroit. Atlanta. Didn't she DRQ? Yes. It was DRQ. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly D- right. And what, what city Album is that? Rock. It's in Detroit. In Detroit, yes. okay. Yeah. She was a great talent. Oh, yes. Great talent. I can remember listening to her in high school. Yeah. So, and, and with all the stuff that we have laying out here, that's one of the few people that we have pictures or brochures or something from that I remember, but I don't have any contact with. And when John Strandon was in here, he said, you know, she's in Michigan somewhere. If you Google her. Love Strandon. Yeah. That guy's great. And we talked for 40 minutes, and we have never met. Because we just know all the same people. Right. And she's she's very, very nice person. The thing is, WROK was mostly a male announcers. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, think, I don't know if Kim was the first, but she had to be one of the first females on that station on the air. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that a bit. Yeah. So you're out of high school. What are you doing now? You're still doing... Uh, I went to Brown Institute in Minneapolis. Okay, then you left to go to Brown. I couldn't remember Brown, yep. when you left. Yeah, it was in the fall of 78. Okay. I uh, went to Brown until about May or so of uh, 1979, and I got a job back again, and that was to be the board op for the morning show. And that at the time was Mel Young. Okay. Mel was still there. 
But he wasn't there that long because Bill Phillips ended up filling his Because I was gone for that period, too, and then I came back, and I think you were there. So what happened there? Then it ended up working into a full-time, ended up doing 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. on our okay. After after, uh, Chuck Diamond was on from 6 to 9, I did 9 to 1. Then Bobby B., of course, he'd been there forever. There was another cat when I came back, Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he and I became best friends, man. Yeah, Chris this Kelly. cat was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, tall, lanky guy. Yeah. He wasn't there very long. No, he wasn't. He wasn't there long at all. I don't remember what shift he worked. When I came back, he was doing right after Chuck. And he was kind of showing me a few things around. There. Right. Where were you then? You were. Because I, I think I took his place when he left, the 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Okay, that could be. Because I was still on mornings. Still doing the running the board for the morning guy. I came in and did a Which year. Which at that time was Bill Phillips. I, I came in and did about a year part time, and then Chuck Diamond moved me to that nine to one slot. So it must have been right when you left. Well, I ended up moving over to ZOK at right. one point. Yeah. Doing six to 10. And of course, I wasn't using my real name back then. You, you I was were. given a name on ROK because they had a jingle left over. Yes. Oh. From, <laughs> From the original Jay Robbins, who worked in the earlier 70s. I remember Jay. They still had his jock shout and his oh, jingle, so I got that name. That's, a, that's like getting hand-me-down clothes. Exactly. The only reason you get it is because you're the right size. Right. Oh, my God. Yep, so I had to change my name to that. Oh, my God. Jay Robbins. Recently, uh, was there something on Facebook? It had, uh, it, if you Google, you'll see there's this. Little thing Chuck Diamond put out said, "Thank you for making us Northern Illinois' number one radio station." And it had a list of all of us people, and it had Jay Robbins yeah. and me. Right. And now, uh, see, I would think it's the previous Jay Robbins, yeah, but no, he had been gone a long time. No, no, he was always Jay Robbins. Yeah. Oh my, I never knew that. Yeah. Wait, yeah. did you wait? Did you take Jay Robbins to the FM with you? No, they changed my name. So what was that? That at the time, who? Oh, let's see, I'm trying to remember. Tommy Hunter was, had to be the PD. He was the. Yeah, he was the PD, but the operations manager was Charlie Quinn at the time. No, Charlie Quinn was after after that. I think it was Reed Reeker. Reed Reeker. Reed, yeah, Reed. They wow. came up with the name Steve St. John. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I remember that. Now, now you're jarring. I hated that name. <laughs> yep. I said I don't want to have that name. Come on. No, it sounds perfect. Saint, I guess. I don't know. Say it again. <laughs> So, Anything to do with the saint he didn't want. No, Reed thought it was the greatest name ever. So let's go. Whatever. Let's go and move on. We know Reed Reeker came in and took Bob Good's spot. Right. And you go over to the FM. Right. We said Tommy Hunter was the PD. Who did mornings? Was Tommy doing mornings at the time? I think so. Okay. I think so at that point. And then who? You know what? That's a blank. All I right. don't remember. Afternoons? I don't remember. You did nights. Who came on after you? No, no, no. Ed Lambert. Ed Lambert. Mr. Ed. So were you with Jim LaBelle and MJ no, Ryan? No, Jim LaBelle took my place. He did? Yeah. He, after you, our, were, you were with Jim LaBelle and MJ Ryan. See, Dallas Cole yes. was there at the time. That, he was the yes. PD after Reed Reeker and Charlie Quinn had left. No, Charlie was the operations manager. Correct. He was. Dallas Cole was the PD. Yeah. So yeah. going yes. back to that era, so Ed Lambert came on after you. Who was after Ed? I think Kim. Kim Carson. Because Diane, Diane Tracy was doing some overnights. Do you remember Diane? I remember that name. Yeah. She was in the LaBelle 
Mr. Ed era too. Yeah. Okay. And Walker. It's a sad. Bob Walker was doing mornings. Yeah. And at one time, um, David Blair. Don't know you that. Remember him? Yes, I do. Real kind big, of a guy. big rounder guy. <laughs> he worked on the AM for a while, and then they moved. I think good, he did good middays. Sa- good sounding guy. Yeah, and then John Arthur eventually moved over to FM also, didn't he? Yes. Did afternoons? I believe a different a, a different time. Is that he, a different time? He, yeah, okay. he left uh, ROK with, with Riley O'Neill, went to Cincinnati, Columbus. Yeah, and then later on came back. So okay, so you're doing that for how long? What was it about? I don't remember. I think it was the. <laughs> What's your name again? I think it was the summer of 1980. They decided, you know, the FM or the WROK at that time was making a transition from that top 40 format yep. to a more full service AC playing, you know, Kenny Rogers and Ann Murray. Yep. I was, what, 19 years old? It wasn't fitting that. ZOK was switching from the album rock format, which didn't last very long, to a more contemporary hit radio so format. So yeah. were you there? That's maybe, I think it was a little, maybe a year. I was doing nine to one then. And that's when they called, Charlie Quinn called me in. Hey, we're making this big switch. We just let Chuck Diamond go. And now we're letting you go. But (laughs) Mr. Nolte said he would like to keep you on as a part-time. And I said, well, yeah, that'd be great. But I'd like to go over to the FM. Because Dallas Cole just arrived, and it was making a, a transitional right, change at the right, time. Right. It was like a, a rock top 40 with no right. jingles. And that's what yeah. we were doing. Yeah. So were you there when they fired Chuck Diamond and did the whole thing? Um, I think so. Do you remember the story where Charlie Quinn was a little worried, and he had a brand-new Mercedes, and he parked it in the back? I don't remember that. Oh, okay. So then Ed Buckle up. And by the way, Charlie <laughs> Quinn was fun to work for. Yeah. Oh, he oh, was yeah. very he fun. He was so much fun. We yeah. call him Bosley. Yeah. Bosley, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they parked it in the back. Ed Jurich goes out back by that production, AM production room window, and he lights something on fire, and he has the guy call, Charlie, Charlie, come in here. There's AM studio. And he comes in, look, your car's on fire. And it wasn't on fire. <laughs> you know. It was just beyond um, the window. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I spent a couple more days on ROK, and then I came over to ZOK. I believe that was after I was already gone. Okay. When you left there, where'd you go? I ended up in Aberdeen, South Dakota for just under a year. Then Stevens Point, Wisconsin for about seven months, and then back to Rockford, and I worked at WIFE. Well, it was uh, album rock. Brent you Alberts did. was there, and Ron Beck, and yes, Ron Beck was there. Uh, yeah. Kathy Hart was there. Kathy Hart started there. That was Kathy her first Achenbach job. was yeah. her name. Wow, right. Kathy Achenbach That's was where there. she started. There, there's a picture of you guys somewhere on Facebook. It was yep. a staff photo, and you're all standing there. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, there's Ron. Right. There's Steve. There's Kathy. Brent Alberts was there. Brent Alberts, the program director. My yeah. goodness. So then that was at the old Reed Farm studio. Yeah. yeah. So you worked for Dwayne Daniels. Then? Yes, exactly. My yeah. goodness. Wow. Yeah. So where from there? And I was there for a couple of years, and then uh, Kansas City. Went to Kansas City for about three years, and then once that ended up, ended up in Anchorage, Alaska, for about four and a half years. Then Dallas, Texas, for eighteen years. And you were a corporate PD then. Not a corporate PD, no, oh, but, a, yeah. I was never a PD in Dallas, but an assistant PD and okay. music director. All right. And then uh, we got tired of big city Dallas, so we moved. I worked for Enid, Oklahoma for a little over a year, and then Fort Smith for nine years, and now I'm in Tulsa. Wow. Yeah. 
and and you're not in the programming. You're in the news no. department. You right. said. Yeah. My goodness, what a switch. Yeah, I'm done with programming. I've had that fun, and it's done. Whoa. So let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> you see how he pulls you yes, in? I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> let me ask you this. This sounds ominous. It does. <laughs> where it does. Where is, in your opinion, where is radio today? The theater of the mind, it's not going to go away. But the content providing it is slipping away as in radio stations. That's because people nowadays don't think of that theater of the mind concept anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not part of people's thought process. It was with us because that's what mattered. Yeah. That doesn't matter as much anymore. And your intake is in shorter spurts. You know, I mean, we yeah, talked people about people don't listen to the radio like they did back in the seventies no. and eighties. It's much shorter. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you talk about the cumes, you talk about the quarter hours and stuff like that. But how many times have you talked about somebody our age, which is around the sixty years old, right. where they go, "Yeah, I remember listening to whatever radio station, KHJ, WLS, whatever." And they go, "Yeah, I remember it was way past my bedtime, and I had my transistor radio under my pillow." I mean, come on. I grew up doing that. Yeah. Well, how many times so, did you come into my bedroom, turn off my transistor radio? Yes, yeah, so, and and now they take it in little spurts, and mm, but it's but, just but different. What I'm looking at is MTV killed music radio because they were able to expose new stuff faster than any radio station could. The internet came in. Where do you see that playing? I mean, listenership is down. I don't, you know, in radio. And I guess the terrestrial, what you want to call it, the terrestrial stations. Is radio going to be here? I think it'll always be here. Yeah. It'll always be here. On on the basis of emergencies, yeah. free play in the car. Right. But how many more years before, I mean, we're all listening to a podcast and we're all listening to an internet or uh, some type of radio mm-hmm. as these young people radio come up. is still relevant i mean it really is it i is. mean i i spent sunday afternoon talking with john records landecker and tommy edwards and bob shroud and Jen, uh, wendy schneider and those guys in chicago and they were asked the exact same question and tommy edwards had a really good answer he said if the content is what you want they will go they mean the audience they will go to whatever measure they have to in order to get it so he equated it to your favorite ice cream your favorite pizza you remember going to connie's pizza on auburn right if you had an option now to go all the way over to cherryvale mall to get that exact pizza you would most likely go get it you if you like the content you'll go get it and he goes i really believe it'll just be a difference in how they receive it if the content is there well that means money that means air talent that means giving them a little longer leash and he goes as a programmer who who he also told us hired yvonne daniels which i did not know that did you know that yes did you wow i I learned something from yeah that's my crystal ball that's my forecast you're on a talk station a news station now yeah music radio Come on, these young generations, they don't even listen to radio. You have children, you have children. They don't even listen to radio. They're on their phones. They've got... Right. The radio... The only time they're exposed to radio is if they're in the car with the parents who are listening to the radio. But one day, they're going to be the parents 
it's a tough road coming to radio. It Unless is, but who, 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 who's, talk. who's to say they won't switch back to radio? Right, reciprocal thing, yeah. it might come right. back or sure. something. Yeah. Right. All right, you answered that one. I got a question for you. Uh, out of any of the places you've ever been, and Anchorage, Alaska sort of threw up a flag to me because right. it's unique. I'm sure it's sure. a very unique market compared very, to Dallas. Very yeah. unique, yeah. Uh, what was your favorite promotion, either an on-air promotion or a radio station event that you liked the most? And it doesn't necessarily have to be WROK or WZOK. A thing that we did, I've done twice. It's um, first time I did it was in Anchorage. It was an April Fool's thing. <laughs> And it was basically a week before April Fool's, we started airing promos or, like, fake commercials from the phone company. Um, these would say on this day, next Wednesday, we didn't say April 1st. Okay. Next Wednesday, be sure to bag your phones, your home phone. This is back when people still had home phones. Put a bag over your phone. We're going to clean out the phone lines. They haven't been done in decades, and we need to do it. So we were airing these, like, public service fake PSAs about this for a week before it happened. You wouldn't believe how many phone calls that generated. Oh, yeah. To the phone company who knew nothing about it. No. Who were calling us. What, what, are you, what is all this? And, of course, on April Fool's, you reveal that, you know, they can't blow out the phone lines. And, so you don't get dust in your home and all that stuff. And we did it again when I moved to Dallas. I can't – Told the idea to our program director there, and we tried it there, and it worked perfectly again. Oh, God. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. Do you guys remember Bob Stroud at WMET in Chicago? Do you remember him at all? He was on the panel on Sunday. Bob Stroud. Bob I do Stroud. recall that name. Yeah. yeah, and he recently was on The Drive, if you remember you know, Pete McMurray being on The Drive. So this is still in Chicago. Uh, Wendy Snyder is the moderator, and she spent a lot of her time on The Loop. They were competitors. Oh, oh, big time. It was like a WLS, WCFL type thing. Yeah. So they asked sort of the same, you know, generic questions. And Bob sort of adjusts himself in his seat and he leans forward and he looks at Wendy and he goes, do you want me to tell the story about the seven songs? She goes, yeah, go ahead. She had forgotten what the deal was on their end. So the promotion was, or the on-air deal during the winter book, 12 weeks, they want to milk it for 12 weeks, is that the Loop was going to give away a half a million dollars if you could identify these seven songs in the little blips. You know how they put them together. Only the blips were so damn tiny. It was just friggin' impossible. So, of course, Bob Strauss telling this story. He says, so, of course, when we heard that, and that was going to be their winter contest, Somebody in the room said, how can we compete with this? And he goes, no, 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 that's not the question. The question is, how do we blow this thing up? How we expose it? Yes. Yes. So they assigned, whoever the program director was, assigned Bob Stroud to record it next time that they played it. And slow it down and so listen get in, to it every yeah, way you can. Get in that production Backwards, room. Backwards, front ways. Yeah, yeah, and just dissect the shit out of it. <laughs> and it took him two and a half weeks to get it, to make sure it was exactly right. And, of course, he's blown it by everybody else going, am I right, am I right, am I right? And, of course, Wendy's just died over there. She goes, oh, God, I remember this so bad. And he keeps adjusting, you know, it's like, and here's what we did, and here's what we did. So on this day, they teased it, and they said, you know, at let's say 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever the deal was, we're going to play a song. Now, this song may or may not be important to you. It may be the first of, let's say, seven songs. (laughs) And they went on like that. So they introduced that, and they played the full song, and then went on with the format. The next hour, 
this will be the second song that may or may not be important to you. They blew up their entire 12-week book promotion. In seven hours. Gosh. Yep. Every hour they... And the audience just died. And of course, you know, his chest puffed out. And Wendy's over there going, damn, I remember that so well. (laughs) That really sucked for us. And then somebody said... Well, did that suck worse than the Steve Dahl Comiskey Park thing? And he, it was just different. <laughs> right. We actually had one of those go bad at ZOK. The oh, Man the song Walker thing? deal. We had a car giveaway thing that was going to last the whole book. The second week, somebody got it. And it was a rush into the, into the office to figure out what we're going to do next. How were you giving it away? That it... I don't remember. I just remember some kind of a clue deal. And somebody, somebody got it. guessed it right away. Right away. Wow. And the car was gone, and that blows your whole book. Ugh. We gave away a car in Charleston, West Virginia, and it was a Chevy Chevette. So this tells you. It was like 1983. And you could qualify to get a key. Now, they're going to have 100 keys, and only one fits the car. All right, so fine. You know, it's been done before, blah, blah, blah. The difference is... Once they had all these hundred qualifiers and they had the hundred keys and you came out to the dealership, they had this great big tank. I don't know how the hell they ever did it, but it's this great big tank of jello. <laughs> and they put all the keys in there. Oh my God. And you had to you you didn't have an assigned key. It was now your chance to jump in the jello full body, <laughs> not reach your hand in there, and get your key. And of course we washed off the keys. And gave away the car that day, but what a mess. I mean, just people just, oh, God, it was the gooeyest I crap. I think back then the contests were designed to humiliate people. <laughs> I think that's what, uh, what's, what it was all about. But as years went by, promotions like that started going away. Because they were too difficult. They took long, too long. Some were too costly anymore. And well, and I think you had some people sitting around the table going, uh, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and they didn't want to stick their hand in the fire. Right. Yeah. Well, then the corporate radio stations were giving away a brand new BMW, and they put it on all their stations. So you got yeah. 50 stations with one car. Right. And, you know, your market is going, I'm not right. going to win that. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's what happened with that. Okay, Steve, I got some stuff. Yeah. So let's go back to the ROK days. You know, whenever Fred Spear called, it's time to put him on the radio. Let's answer this, or we're going to have to break out some prevagen here and figure this out. <laughs> Tell me, what was Fred Spear's call sign? Oh, my. I don't think I remember that. No. I'm sorry. Gary, you want a shot at that? No. Prob- you wouldn't. Isn't, no. You wouldn't know. Isn't it like three letters I? and three I don't numbers? Remember. Three letters, three numbers. It is. Okay. Every time Fred would get on and say, hey. I don't know. KTO 793. Oh, my God. That is so You don't mad. remember I that? I don't remember that. No. All right. Oh. Here's a good one. What was the news number, news hotline number? Oh, I do know that. Tim? That's, that's lost in the memory banks. That's gone. <laughs> wasn't it three, Give me that privilege in. Wasn't it 399-2233? No. That was the main number, that wasn't was it? Yeah. 399-3131. Okay, so what was the hotline number? Oh, the, the number you don't want ringing? Yes. <laughs> Into the studio? That I don't remember either. 399-3757. How do you remember this stuff? Uh-huh. 
what is your deal, Why man? Do you remember What's with all the minutiae? What? It, it was important in those days. Have you ever? And Vern Nolte yeah, had a private not, line that was six nine zero three. Have you ever counted cards in Vegas? Because you need to. No, no. All right, Steve, another thing. You <laughs> ran Casey for a long time. Yeah. I ran Casey. Did you ever miss Q? No, but I would bump. The turntables were underneath. Okay. You remember that? Yep. Because we didn't use them that much. It was no, all cart. No, no. It was all cart. And you'd and, go like this. Oh, yeah. It was impossible to get. Yeah. You had a light under there. You'd switch on. Yeah. And try to cue it up. I don't th- remember miscuing, but I do remember bumping my knee onto that where the turntable sit and yeah, you know, the needle. Because if you up. didn't sit on that stool right, and you really didn't want to do that with Casey Kasem, because that was like the highest rated show on the radio station. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got like a fifty share. Yeah, so I I think I've done it at least once or twice where. I'm supposed to be playing this segment, you, you, but I played you got another the wrong segment. segment. So you, <laughs> you got, got out of order. Segment. Yeah. Oh, that one made you people you mad. Do that? I, would, I don't right. recall doing that. I mean, all right, have. here we go. Here we go. Here's a good one. How many times did you forget to turn to low power? Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that happened more than more than we'd want to admit. That's when you get that call from Detroit going, I've never heard you guys before. Yeah. Or a call you from know, the FCC. Sunset yeah. was at a certain times. It was different. Of course, every different. month it would change. And it was different. Right. And you'd have to go back there and turn this switch, this switch, and click over. You'd have to turn the nighttime transmitter, transmitter on. The, you'd have to turn the filaments on first right. to warm it up. Right. And then oh. the power. And then the... And then you would switch it over. And, and you would switch it over, and then you would, after a couple of seconds, turn off the daytime transmitter. Yeah, and we had all these lights up there. Yes, I do remember those. Uh, we, we had lights in the front of the board, you know, Fred Spears' light. They KTO. were in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. KTO yeah. would come on. But you think the engineers could rig up something that would remind us to See, turn it to low power. power. Right, exactly. <laughs> and but they, they would never do that. No. Nope. And then... There was just a schedule on the door back there of when to do it, what and time. And how many times have you forgot to turn the other transmitter off? I don't oh. think I ever remembered to do that because oh, yeah. you got to do it all pretty much at the same time. Back yeah, there. it was a big step thing, and they had the steps written down. But sure. They they just entrusted you to think, oh, go buy it at 8.32 and change it over. <laughs> well, we're rocking, we're playing music. Eh, I forgot about that's one of the yeah, one times when I go back and I did the transmitter readings. You're sort of not where you're supposed to be. People think you're going to be in the AM studio all the time. Right. So if somebody's back in the back door, like they went out for a smoke or they're coming up from the engineering room, and you're back there reading meters and they're bah, 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 talking, uh, you overhear things that maybe you shouldn't be hearing. Did you ever, no matter what radio station you worked at, were you sort of in the next cubicle and you go, oh, crap, I didn't, I shouldn't hear that. Did you ever? I don't think so. No. no? Uh-huh. no. Wow. No, Good for you. I don't recall you. ever seeing hearing. Yeah, because then you didn't have to carry stuff. that ball around. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> when you uh, obviously went to your different formats, different season stuff, did you do backstage or interviews or were there popular people that you had brushes with or interviews with over your years? Yeah, um... One particular incident was at WROK. I was oh. doing nights, and Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen wanted to come in. And usually they were allowed in after hours because of who they were. Yeah. So this one night I actually called, I think Chuck Diamond, and asked, you know, it would be all right if these guys come in. I said, sure, yeah, they're, they're always allowed in. So 
They both came in. Rick Nielsen was six sheets to the wind. <laughs> oh, no. Robin Zander was doing all right. Oh, but no. Rick Nielsen. So I'm talking to him on the air, and Rick Nielsen just starts going crazy. Yes. On the air. He's he's a bit of a fruitcake. He is a sober. Little, and yeah, he was just I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Robin Zander was trying to get him out of there, and I think Chuck Diamond showed up eventually and said, "Okay, we need to get you guys out." And just escorted them out of the building. Wow. That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, but over the years I've interviewed when I went to Kansas City when I we started, you know, getting around where artists would come into radio stations. The mar- 80s was a good touring time. The Go-Go's yeah. were there. I remember talking to them. Ann okay. and Nancy Wilson of Heart. And the Kansas City Royals one year were in a World Series with the St. Louis. I think it was 85 or 86 against St. Louis. It was the I-74 World Series. Oh, that sure. Year. Yeah. What's, what was the name of the sports guy that did baseball back then? Jack Buck. No. It was the National. Oh, National. Um, Mel Allen? No. Uh, Jim McKay? shoot and he did the olympics years after baseball not bob costas yes bob costas came okay. to town we got to interview him oh nice he was awesome yeah, yeah. think of all the people he hey, Steve, knows. remember the game that we went to at uh, in kansas city with the red sox and the uh, kansas city oh Royals. yes yes so he's we got, had a he's got we had a star radio. sighting there yeah he's yeah. he's got he's got seats right behind home plate right through the radio station and just come and sit right beside me is this guy wearing a Red Sox hat, and it was George Thorogood. Oh, my. And George and I start talking because we're both Red Sox nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking and we're talking. He recognized him before I did. Yeah, and this guy <laughs> walks up with a Yankee hat on, and he wants George's <laughs> autograph. Oh, God. And George looked at me, and he says, do you think I should give him an autograph? And I said, did you see his hat? And he says, okay, he won't do it. He didn't do it. He wouldn't give him an autograph. <gasps> Whoa. And then in about the third inning, this little sweetie walks up behind George, and he, she starts whispering in his ear, and pretty soon George is gone. <laughs> yeah. We, we wow. don't see George the no. rest of the game. George wow. made it through the third inning, and that was yeah. it. Wow. They pulled him. You yeah. know, yeah, this had, this had, these tickets had nothing to do with me being in radio. We just bought the tickets. And we bought them through a wait, not a scalper, but what do you think? No, like a, like a. What do you call them? Where they they buy bunches of them? It's a legal thing. Uh, being like ticket. a BMC ticket. Master. Yeah, like ticket broker. Yeah, ticket yeah, broker. yeah, yeah. So we had second row center court at United Center for the uh, for the Bulls, and they had won, I think, one or two championships. And so, of course, you know, they're out there practicing and everything, warming up. All of a sudden, we see this guy go by. I swear to God, that's Barry Gordy. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then, but you never know. And then later on, it was confirmed because you hear the buzz behind you. Right. And then here comes the Reverend Jesse Jackson, and they're all wanting to shake, you know, and wish uh, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, a good luck for the game. And then I turn around, and up in the mezzanine was Hillary Clinton. Oh. And as I turned around, now this is just on one side. I don't know who was on the other side. I turned around, and the entire cast from Third Rock from the Sun was sitting behind us. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. That's superstar overload there. Yes. It was crazy. And I'm talking to my wife. I'm going, my God, who else is in this place that we can't see within our eyesight? And just then, this really tall guy with a pretty good-sized nose and glasses and curly hair stands up in front of us 
because we saw the back of his head the whole time. Bob Pressman? <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening, Bob? <laughs> Wow, I can't believe Bob Pressman was just trumped by Harold Ramis. <laughs> from the Ghostbusters, yeah. Wow. And I, I just could not believe who was there at that particular game. Wow. So that was fun. Anyway. Do you remember the Jungle Gym days? You didn't do much trade there? You weren't around when we had the big trade? The restaurant? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, no. we had a big trade there. You remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. We use that trade quite a bit. Jungle okay, gyms. Okay, here's a, uh, let me. The only f- real, th- I mean, back in the day, we used to have, we would get press passes for Cubs games. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever take advantage of those? Go Never had an option. Chris Kelly and I decided one day, because there were a couple left over, and Pressman couldn't use them, so mm-hmm. we d- drove into Pr- Chicago. Pressman probably Kelly. didn't want to use them, because yeah. he's a White Sox guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> That's possible. But the... Um, so we drove to Chris's sister lived in Evanston. So we drove out to Evanston, parked the car. I think we took a bus or a train in, into Wrigley Field. Okay. And we got these press passes. So that means we got to go hang out in the press box, enjoy great food, some drink, and Harry Carey. Oh. Harry Carey by the fifth inning is six sheets <laughs> to the wind. And I think that's when Steve Stone would slide into that chair and start taking over. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, we got we did get to meet Harry Carey. He no was, kidding. He was fun. Yeah, nice guy. Wow, very cool. Well, let me ask you this about your memory: Was you and I once at Maggie's Pub? Oh, yeah. when it got raided. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we were underage, but we were working at the radio station. Right. I remember they were coming in the front door, and I think you told me, and I don't know if you and I bolted or to head out the back door. And my I, my son did this. <laughs> Are you I, sure that was me there? Jay did this. Oh. <laughs> I I went out the back door, and I was immediately stopped by a uniform cop. I said, oh, I work at the radio station. There are vans right there. And I had the key. And, oh, okay. <laughs> and I went in and unlocked. It was a muscular dystrophy thing. And they came in and raided the whole place. Wow. Were you do with you, me? I don't think so. But you do okay? you remember a guy we hired? I think you were there at the time. Part-time. He worked at Maggie's. His name was Cruz, I think. You remember this guy? No. Anyways, this guy we hired as a part-timer, and he worked at Maggie's Pub. I don't remember what he did there. I don't know if he was just like a DJ there or something like that. But he ended up doing some kind of stuff on the phone in the studio there one night, and the mic, and the phone pot was up. He was doing some kind of illegal dealing oh. on the phone, yeah. oh. and it got aired. Oh, And he wasn't there the rest of the hour. Okay. Oh. Somebody came in and got him out, and he was gone immediately. So, wow. You don't remember that? I do not remember okay. that. But I do remember a couple things. When I first came there, we were doing the Sunday night party at Maggie's. Maggie's Pub, yeah. And I was running turntables live from the studio while Chuck Diamond or somebody did else. Did a remote broadcast from there. Did the remote right. broadcast. And they would just talk in the ramps of the songs sure. and stuff. And yep. they would call me on the two-way, and, and I was doing that. And you'd tell them what's coming up next. Well, Give yes and no. They okay. tell me on the mic I just listened. Chuck Diamond was a true pro. Yes, he was. And I just, he would like, just give it to me, you know, and yeah. he would know how to, how to ramp up the music and stuff. It's when I had some other talent, when 
I had Mike Welsh once doing it. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> you Not, remember Mike? I don't remember Mike Welsh. Oh, okay. No. Well, Ke- that's another story. Kelly Ryan mentioned him yesterday, and she thought that he, she he, took he, her he place. Has, he has passed away. Oh, well, uh, she thought no she took her, she, his place. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I don't recognize the name at all. Yeah, but, um, Maggie's Pub was a fun place to go, but come to find out what that place was all about. Yeah, was yeah. kind of yeah. disappointing. You, hmm. Were you here that time? Yeah, but I don't Maggie's know. Maggie's Pub was pretty much run by the mob, wasn't it? Uh, you know, there's no such <laughs> I mean, thing as the mob. I don't okay. know what these people Chuck's are talking about. Do you know Chuck's Italian? Uh, <laughs> you know, I never heard of this stuff. I do know that. Okay, let's <laughs> talk, let's change the subject and go on yeah. to you know. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I it, because you and I went how to it, how it burnt down. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, it just happened. Hey, it was an electrical sh- fire. Yeah, shrug your shoulders. Hey. Um, since you and I worked at WLUV together when we were 16, 17 years old, Gary, when he came maybe two, three weeks ago to Edgebrook's Music on the Mall, right. he started in, of course, this is a guy that says he has absolutely no stories. I don't. I, yes. Yeah. And I wrote it down because you have a Joe Salvi story okay. that I am not so sure Chuck has heard. Okay. Well, when they printed Joe Salvi's obituary in the paper they had a picture of joe at his first radio gig with the call letters kgcu in front of him and i thought oh my god that's from my hometown a little town in north dakota called mandan so i asked liz to look into this to see if if that's where he was sure enough it was his first radio job and it's KGCU Mandan. I, as a kid, I used to listen to it all the time. They had uh, Top 40 at night, and it was Loop and Light at night, you know, and the kids all got into it. But I never, I don't remember Joe Salvi per se, but Joe Salvi's first interview at KGCU in Mandan was with this up-and-coming band leader, local band leader, by the name of Lawrence Welk. So it was kind of it was kind of strange, but I, I wish I would have known all this in advance, I, you know, in the past because I would have loved to get to know Joe. Yeah, if you would have got to know Joe, you would have got a lot of the good stories. I would have loved that. I would have loved that because I mean that's my hometown and that's mm-hmm. what I used to live to uh, listen to all the time. Wow. Speaking about some some bad people, well, <laughs> that came <laughs> no, through. Not Joe. Joe. No, not Joe. No, 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 oh, not wow. Joe. No. Uh, wow. That was a bad segue yeah. there. You're, uh, <laughs> You're Are going, you talking about me? No, no. <laughs> well, I'm talking well, about. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm talking about. Uh, you, you were talking about this cruise guy. Yeah. There were two other part timers, a guy by the name of John Winquist, and Stuart. I think it was Schmeling. Uh. And uh, this would have been like right before you. John let Stuart into the building one night, and Stuart was taking equipment out. That's where I okay. That's those names. Those guys lived in infamy after they did that. Yes. Yeah, they were stealing equipment. And they were stealing equipment, selling it. And it's, it's kind of funny because the Stewart kid after that. That's where I remember those names from. The Engelbretsons that owned Hollywoods. Right. Okay, and Conrad uh, was their right. general their manager. General manager. Right. Yep, Conrad. Conrad. Well, they bought a new. Uh, they built a roller rink on North Main. Right. So I came to work at this roller rink. I had to be about 17. It was right after WLUV. And I go up in the roller rink to see what, you know, equipment was there. 
All nice radio equipment, I assume. They had a radio board. They had a triple deck. A triple deck. <laughs> right, which nobody it, has except for radio stations. Yeah, a triple deck, two radio turntables, and a little uh, recording cart machine. And I said, what the heck? And they said, well, there was a guy that they hired here that they've already fired named Stuart. And he's the guy that put this together. Well, I said he probably spent thousands of dollars. It was all brand new stuff. Right. And later, just to make a small story, or long story short, later on in the 80s, uh, maybe even in the 90s, the new owner of the roller rink asked me to come by and DJ. I DJed a couple nights. He goes, I got all this old equipment in here. I don't know where it is. And I tell you, I went back and looked, and I said, Same tell stuff. You what, I'll make you a deal. I'll come do a couple nights free. I got the board. I got, uh, did I get the triple decker? I got the recorder or something. <laughs> right. You I, don't have it to this day. Well, I ended up finding out that that's the same board Joe Salvi had in his radio station. I gave it to him because it was broke. It had parts. Yeah. You know, it's it's for parts, you know. Holy cow. So that, you know, that one that he had right when they took it out? Yeah. That was either it or parts of it. I traded Greg Dahl something. It's a Franken board. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh oh, I don't even know what it was. Those two guys ever get back to ROK and ZOK where that stuff went? Do you know? No. Th- this didn't? was not ROK ZOK stuff. This was all purchased new. But I just know oh. the story because I knew this John Winquist cuz immediately after that, he went to work for Joe Salvi. Ah. And that's where I got to know him. He was an Auburn High School kid. And not bad on the air, and... I bet he knew Brad Hoffman. Do you remember Brad Hoffman from Auburn? He was yeah. sort of an electronics radio type guy, too, at the time, way before me. But you hear about these people because they did something, you know, mm-hmm. to sort of help you along. So I have a story. I have a question for Gary now. Uh-oh. Tell us about the day the tower went down. Why would I know about that? <laughs> I have. Are you accusing me of making the tower go down? No, no, because no, I didn't work for ROK at that time. That it was, it was right before time, I. Right? It was right before I came over to ROK. Okay. Yeah. So do you mean the power went off, or do you mean the, no, the actual physical? Down. Somebody cut the tower. Somebody cut the cut the guy wire. The tower. That was Come the center on. tower the tower too, right? Down. It was the center tower. I don't think they ever found out who did that. I have wow. a suspicion, but I... Uh, they did. They did, okay. They was, did, and... Oh. That was the center tower, right? No, it was the one to the... Towards your house. So they so did on the find east out side who tower. did that? Well, if you talk to Fred Spear, he might let you in on that. Okay, so uh, he wasn't ever prosecuted. He was never prosecuted, but um, he did not make it too old. Oh. Okay. Fred could probably... He didn't make it too old. He didn't make it... (laughs) You know, when you say that phrase... I'm talking in sign-coded language here. You got Liz's Um, attention on that one. She bug-eyed you going, I need to know more. So apparently he He was was involved in some other things. He was a kid. Oh, it was a kid. Yeah, it was a kid. And if you ever ask Fred, he might be able to tell you the story now. But that, uh, that happened. I mean, I I was hired at ROK. I think right after that. Okay. Not too long after that. I remember the pictures in the paper. Because yeah, I, yeah, re- yeah. you know, why I remember, the guy that I worked for at WRWC had this thing about WZOK, and it 
WZOK drove him crazy. Hated him. It was competition. It was beautiful yeah, music. Was Too beautiful. Reinhardt yeah. Metzger. And Reinhardt had this thing about ZOK, and I, you know, I, I mean, just a competitor, right? But he had this thing about it, and he would go on and on and on about it. But I remember Reinhardt being so happy when the tower went oh, no. which was not a nice thing. Well, I, I don't mean, think that tower I wouldn't had wish the that on, anybody, on it. it was you, know. In the... <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure. It might have. At that, at those at that days. that time, yeah. Hey, um, G- hey, Gary, I had something on my on my list here from the things you've told me when we were sitting out here at Music oh on the Mall. I'm afraid what I, I told you. I want you. Now, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to sort of okay. tee you up a little bit. Hey, I can't follow up Jay with all these stories. <laughs> why, why did you put him first? I'm sorry. Now that's i got to follow up this guy. That's Steve St. John. That's because I can't, I can't remember a lot of stuff. Oh, okay, man. here's how I'm going to tee you up. Okay. Why would you go towards the Wisconsin state line with a roll of quarters in your pocket? And who did you go with? And who did Come I on. go with? He's going to be in here Are on Are you sure you, this isn't my story? It is your story. It absolutely is your story. A roll of quarters. With Phil Davidson and his wife. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> okay, I got you. Uh-huh. Well, Phil Davidson and Shirley, Squirrely Shirley, we'll call her, <laughs> and my wife Barb and myself got so hooked on tennis that we, I mean, we, we took lessons out at Rock Valley College. Bernardi was our instructor, by the way. And Dick Bernardi? Knows, yeah, if anybody knows about tennis in Rockford, they know Dick Bernardi. I spent years in Rotary with Dick, Dick Bernardi. Bernardi. Well, he was our teacher, and we just got so hooked on tennis. The only place in, t- in the area that you could go play tennis at night was in Beloit, is you would go up to their tennis courts, and they had the lights, but you had to put quarters in to feed the lights, and they <laughs> would go off every 15 minutes or so, so you had to keep slugging quarters in it. And we would be up there at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Of course, we had a couple of beers with us, and there was a time of the year in Beloit where they had, I think they called them mayflies. They're like a white fly, mm-hmm. and they just swarm, and you're like slipping and sliding on the tennis courts on these mayflies and it was but we we just were so hooked every time we went uh, davidson's and i always went to uh, vegas with the with rok's trip packages right nice yeah we we sell we i think we had to sell 10 packages the salesman and his wife got to go free so phil and i went and shirley went every year and uh I mean that we during the day that was our thing. We'd be by the pool, we'd play tennis, we'd go to swimming, and at night we go to all the shows, you know, or whatever. Nice. And it and every year, I don't know how many years in a row that we went to Vegas, stayed first class, MGM Grand. It even got to a point where the Maitre D's knew us because we'd bring out a lot of people. I mean, every year we had a plane load of people going out to Vegas, uh, you know, clients. And uh, it was it was it was a blast. Wow! That was that was as far as a salesman is concerned, those were the best promotions. They also had a large trip every year. The large trip, trips would be like a Mediterranean cruise or seven days in Rome or in Spain or whatever. I mean, Europe, uh, a European tour. Every year, ROK would have this giant. But you had to sell quite a few of those, 
and I never quite made it to one of those. It was usually Rap or Ron that went. Yeah. You know, but yeah. uh, would the would the Phil Davidsons or the McDuffs of the world make it? You know, I I think I only remember a couple of salesmen that made it. I don't know if Phil ever made it. Okay, we'll ask him on Friday. Yeah, ask him. I I, I don't he, remember. I but he does. He we, he did go to all the uh, Vegas trips. You know, you did tell me a story which I think it was really cool of you to do. Uh, as a salesperson, yeah. do you remember how you finagled that your clients would get postcards from all over the world? No, this wasn't me. This was a fellow that I worked with oh. up at RWC. Oh, His okay. name was Tim McCullough. Okay. Tim was married to an airline stewardess who flew around the world. He had a client that wouldn't budge. He just couldn't get this client on the air. I mean, he tried everything he could think of. So finally, he had his wife start sending postcards to the client from all over the world, Singapore, Rome, <laughs> London, and all the time it's asking, you really should be advertising on WRWC, and he's getting all these cards from around the world. I got other stories, but I don't know if we dare tell you. No, about you need to tell that other one about oh, Pan Am. Oh, okay, well. Yes. That's Be, a good one. Because because of it, the stewardess wife was gone like seven days at a time, right? Yeah. Tim didn't get to see his wife for seven days at a time. I, I was going down to Champaign to do the state basketball tournament, and Tim was my color man. The day we were going was the day that his wife was coming back from a long trip. Oh. Tim said, hey, Gary, can you wait outside for about a half hour? I haven't seen my wife for, you know, a long time. <laughs> so I'm sitting out waiting for Tim to do his oh thing. <laughs> oh my God. But the, Tim, Tim turned out to be just an absolutely brilliant salesman. And he ended up going to a like a national rep in Connecticut. And he, oh. Oh, he really became a big time nice. salesman national salesman he was quite a <laughs> you run into characters you know i told you the story i don't think you ever said did he ever get that client on the air after the postcards i think he did no, i think did. yeah <laughs> i think the guy finally i think it finally worked yeah there you go yeah that was great <laughs> these trips yeah. i was on seven cruises oh wow through the station how, how did, did you do that how did you, you get weren't to even go? in sales well, here's how it works okay Lord. here's how it works wow. and one big trip to italy Instead, I got four of them, and I sent my mother and father and sister and her husband. Come on. How this would work is guys would go and sell the package. Now, the package was awesome. Oh, so yeah. you, you, you spent, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars. Well, for the big ones, it was like three to four thousand. Yeah. And, my, and that was back in yeah. the you know, 70s. And so, so Dean Irving and a few of the other salesmen – these clients would want to buy it, but really didn't want to go on the trip. So I would offer them $500, and I would get the trip. So oh. I would go. One time it was only $350. Good wow. God. I went like two months in a row on the Carnival's Fantasy because these salesmen were very happy because the clients were happy. They'd be like, hey, you know, you get – 30 spots for this. Wow. I could, if I bought it regularly, it'd only be 20 spots. Yeah. So they would want to buy it. They'd come back to me. Dean and these other guys would come back to me and go, Hey, you want to go? 
Well, heck, I was making thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars at the time on my real job, and nothing to well, spend it on. Well, yeah. yeah, and I was like, yeah, of course. So he's scalping so cruise trips. this time. You well, out. I was still working there part time. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, I was still working there part time. <laughs> okay. So you could afford and the time to go. I could afford the time to go. Yeah, <laughs> oh you know, God. and so the, the cruise is. <laughs> so good. Do you remember Dave Sapanic? No. Oh, he was the owner of the Illinois International Traveler, the one we oh, went okay, through. Okay, okay, yeah. And Dave, nice guy, little guy, but had all these gold rings and gold <laughs> necklaces. And he'd go along on a trip and schmooze everybody. <laughs> right. Oh, right. brother. And yes. I, when you get on these cruises, I'm like, hey, Dave, don't get close to the edge. Because if you go in, you're going right to the bottom with all that gold. <laughs> you know, you're weighted down, Dave. Very nice guy. You know, he was uh, the Dave Salisbury, you know, country club guy. Right. And he, he could he, he could corporate he, travel. Yeah, he could work the room, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Beautiful cars, everything, yeah. Yeah. all the gold. I, for some reason, I envision this guy going overboard, like you said, and then his cigar floating to the top. That's what I, that's <laughs> what I envision. You know, Carol, you might remember, but one year, I got enough trips. I took Wicker. I took Don Cronberg. Ooh, who else? Man, you had a racket going, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I took, you had I, I took all there, my buddy. my friends, <laughs> my family. Uh, it, it, hey, come on, $500? That was airfare and everything. Yeah. And oh. you know what? And I made a deal that I would oh. represent the station, and I would kind of walk around smooth. Sometimes Dean went. We were happy with movie tickets. We were thrilled with well, concert tickets. You know what? In the older days, you know, I had a trade gym membership. I had some other trades that you remember the trades yeah. you know they Harold loosened King up was not big on trades they well, wanted them they wanted the money they bill phillips had trade. a car well, i'm sure galena had some stuff lined up fred you know. spears car yeah uh bill Oct phillips had a car he had a john carlson's menswear trade yeah he octopus had car wash. he had an octopus and gas included wow. he uh, he yeah. had schmooze money okay. to go schmooze you know and, and, and i get it i get it that that was his deal yeah but if you worked Dave Wright and I worked uh, Bob Elliott, yeah, I got these <laughs> memberships. And uh, wow. I smooth. Well, you know what? I was a big player at the time for them. You know, I, yeah. You know, during my part time years, I was available. Hey, they fired the PD. Okay, I'll do it every day I'm off. Oh, until you, it's you know done. what I just realized? You were the Steve Noel of later on. I was. Yes. I was. Right. right. But I held out for more cash. And, yeah. and I don't remember you getting you any know? trips. No, I didn't get any I trips. I just held out for the big dollar. Yeah, you know? No giving it to your parents. Uh, no trips. So that, that brings me to the next question. No cars, no trips. No. Vern Nolte was one of the best guys to work for. You agree? Oh he was God. absolutely. Yep. You Nothing compared. Nobody compared. You him. couldn't find a better. Dave Salisbury. Eh. Dave was. Uh, eh. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe this, because you had two guys, two Italian guys. I'm working for right. One's uh, Salisbury and one's Galena. I was telling uh, Tim earlier that uh, Ron. Could be a Jekyll and a Hyde, you know what I mean? If he, if you're in the sales office with the other guys, you know it's it's serious stuff, and you're hearing you're getting an earful all the time. But if you're one on one with Galena, he's a pussycat. Uh, he he had a habit of taking a salesperson out once a week just for a one on one. 
Oh. And he would rotate. He, we, he'd take us to the Forest Hills Country Club. We'd have lunch. We'd talk. And the guy was just amazing. He was marvelous. It was just like your best buddy. You get back to the sales office and you were a piece of crap. <laughs> cigarette, <laughs> cigarette after cigarette. Right, chain smoker. Oh, yeah. The thing yeah. I remember about Salisbury is because when I was working, doing that Sunday morning, 6 a.m. to noon, that was religious church broadcasts oh, that were live. He was. He made sure that that went on. Those were his. Re- Redeemer oh, yeah, Lutheran. Yeah. Oh, All the religious. Re- Redeemer yeah, Lutheran. Absolutely. Those were, yes. Yeah. They had their own Marty. Yep. They turned their own Marty yep. on, and they call you, and you go, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. But yeah, those all had to run flawless, yes. or else oh, yes. Salisbury be all over Oh, here. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did not know so that. Here's a story about Galena and Salisbury. One time, they decided to take the whole staff to Chicago to meet with the national reps, and Nolte went with. So it was Salisbury driving one car and Galena driving another car, and all the salespeople piled in, and Vern was in Salisbury's car. And we go to Chicago, right? And everything's nice until we we have a lot of drinks in Chicago with the national reps. And you were talking about how Dave kind of reacted with your girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. Well, he was schmoozing with this one of the uh, secretaries there at the, uh, at the dinner. And he started tell—he he t- leaned over to— Galena, and he called the woman a whore in Italian. It so happened the woman knew how to speak Italian. Oops. Oh. And she got up, and she just, she slapped Salisbury. Oh. <laughs> it, oh. Was, it was bad, bad, bad. But on oh. the way back, I swear to God, I thought that was the end of my life because <laughs> Salisbury and Galena decided they're going to have a race from Chicago to the parking lot of WROK. After many drinks? And Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, we're all bombed. And I never prayed so hard for a state police car in all my life. We're doing like 100 and some miles an hour. We're passing people on the shoulder. I mean, it was it was just awful. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that I survived that okay, night. Okay, so here's the big question. Who won? Uh, I think Galena won. Really? And they're both so competitive. I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're super competitive. It was kind of like talking about Carl Hamilton. It was like Hamilton and I on a tennis court because Carl and I were both into tennis. Oh. And we had some really, I mean, very competitive tennis matches between us. And we, you know, and both extremely competitive. And But that's the way it was with with this uh, race, and they spared no nothing. And Nolte went along with the whole thing. He's, you know, he's he's in the car. And oh, wow. Goodness. That's I couldn't believe it, what he put up. Vern Nolte put up with more stuff from the sales staff. He had a, he had a pig roast in the backyard of their home one summer night, and it was for the sales staff. Again. And Chuck Doyle. Two, <laughs> Probably Chuck Doyle weaseled in somehow. I'm I don't sure know he did. I think, anyway. he sold, I think he sold tickets to it, too. <laughs> he scaled But anyway, uh, again, it was a matter of too much to drink, right? Yeah. And Dave Reno was one of the sales people, and they had a little motor scooter there, right? Okay. So Dave decides that he's going to ride this motor scooter around the yard, and he plows through Mrs. Nolte's flower bed <laughs> and rips up every flower in there. We never got invited back for another pig roast either. I met uh, his, his daughter just yesterday, 
And I told her this story, and she, oh, my dad wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, yes, he would. Oh, he did. Yeah, he I, did. I think Mrs. Nolte kind of ran the roost there. She had to be a saint, though, putting yeah. up with us. I mean, had she didn't like silliness. Well, really. and we were silly. Yeah. I mean, that. And another time, he, he took us on his yacht out on the Mississippi River, right? And it was another thing. You, you know, I'm sure we embarrassed the heck out of her. But, you know, that's. I, I went fishing once with Ron Galena. And he got in Salmon a bird snagging in Wisconsin, right? No, no, oh, no. We went bass. Okay. We went bass fishing. Okay. And uh, do they hit bass fishing on cruises? Uh, no, this no? wasn't. Okay. This wasn't on a cruise. Okay, I'm just curious. This was just a personal <laughs> trip, and he got in an argument with a guy at the launch, just over something stupid. Yeah. They were kind of throwing words at each oh, other, and I'm yeah. like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. But back to Dave Salisbury, I seen on many occasions where he would take a talent. And go into Linda and say, hey, cut them a check for $700 and take little amounts out of their check every month because they need a car or oh, they sure need this. Did. I'm sure. I did. saw a lot of that. Yeah, I'm wow. sure. I and, and no, he took care of people. That's when they were very nice to us. They took care of us. You oh, know, I if, they, if they somebody did. needed something, yep. he would tell you, if you need something, come to me. Yep. Come yeah. to me. I believe. I may it. say no, but at least come to me. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think he said no. There no, but no. I mean, he would do yeah, that. You he, never know. I mean, if no, he, he walked had, in and asked for a cruise, he had a big heart. He he was. <laughs> I I don't know how to describe. He was like the schmoozer of WROK. He could schmooze any client that you could think of. He could if, work a room. He could work. He could work it. Yep. And and he knew so many people. I mean, he's he was involved in media for many years before ROK. I, he was with the newspaper, and I I think he was what Mr. Nolte wanted Absolutely. when Mr. Nolte yeah. came here. He wanted the country club guy to yep. to be the schmoozer and there to run were. his there organization. He, were, and he was ideal. Well, well, you realize I got this from Fred and Doug. You realize when Vern Nolte bought from the Todd family from the newspaper, uh, Fred Spear and Dave Salisbury were one of the five people that said. The Todd family said these five people have to go with the sale. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. And um, and it, I mean, uh, uh, Fred and Doug have those stories very vividly. I don't know who the other three people are, you know, because it's way before my time in one year and out the other. But yeah, five people with the sale of the radio station. Yep. Well, we should wrap it up here because we want to be able we to take a two. quick break. And be able to get the ladies in here. Yay. It's going to be, yeah. So th they've already sort of done their show prep over there because Ooh. they have they have a lot of oh. pictures to inspire the stories. Yeah. So, notes. Yes, you, oh, oh I bet you've been God. taking notes. So one, Gary Knoll. Two, Steve Knoll. Three, Chuck Doyle. Thank you I, I just so want to do one more thing. Big okay. question. Right. I want Gary to tell us when he bought the dog and suds. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh my God! This is a because thank thank well you can make it short but <laughs> thanks you had a day where all of us from the radio station went over there and ate. That's true. And That's Carol true. and everybody else had to do the work, yeah, but you yeah. were there. Okay. You bought the dog and suds while you were working at the station. Right, I did. You yeah, buy I that did. from Chico? No, no, from Don Danke. Okay. What happened is Don was one of my clients, right? And Dale Gustafson was one of my clients with uh, Gustafson. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dale had a cabin up in Ontario, Canada. And Dale told me about this island for sale in Canada. <laughs> and this, he said, you wouldn't believe, Gary, this, this island. He says, you really need to look into it. I says, well, I says, I, I mean, I'm not sure if that's something I'm, he says, Gary, 
trust me, it's a guy, it's a banker from Omaha. He's dying to sell it. It's got so much stuff on it, you wouldn't believe it's seven acres, and it's got like all kinds of buildings and everything. He says, at least go up and investigate it. So I'm talking to Don Danke about this. He's another client, right? And I says, Don, uh, I, I told him that Dale Gustafson told me about this. And so Don and I and Don's brother-in-law decided we'll, we're going to look into it. So my other son, Mark, and Don Danke's son came along with us, and we all decided to drive up to Ontario and check it out. And this place was unbelievable. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. It had a main cabin. It had a guest cabin. It had a boathouse that had a 21-foot Larson that came with it. It Whoa. had a pontoon boat. It had a canoe. It had a little building that looked like a sporting goods store with any kind of fishing locators and fishing equipment you could think of. It had its own lumber mill. Where you, I mean, the place was unbelievable. So anyway, we're talking about Except it. Except it was we're in Canada. Yeah. While I was up there, by the way, I fell into the lake because there was a plank on the pier and it was loose. And down I went, and it was like right after the ice went out in the mm -hmm. lake, and it was brutal. But that's another story. But anyway, so on the way back, we're thinking, well, if we split this thing three ways, maybe we could do this. But we're thinking, you know. There's some positives and there's some negatives. The negative was it's like 600 miles away, so it's nothing you can do on a weekend, right? So we're, you know, we're hemming and hawing, but we decide to maybe, maybe we're going to put in the offer. Well, about a few days later, Don's brother-in-law worked for Eastman Kodak, and he gets transferred to Rochester, New York. So that leaves us with just the two of us, and we thought, eh. Probably not, probably not. But Don said, you know, Gary, I'm thinking of getting out of this business. And I, you know, I was in there a lot, and I saw how good the business was going. And he said, I'm actually thinking of selling this place and going. I see, said, I'd like to get into the uh, Hallmark card business. I says, really? So he says, yeah. He says, I think, you know, I've been in the, the dog and sus business for quite a while. And so anyway... I talked to my wife about it, and she thought, well, I, I always wanted something I could call my own, right? Mm -hmm. But I still, you know, I didn't want to leave ROK because I'm making some pretty decent money at ROK. So, and uh, there was no way that we probably could swing buying it and quitting my job. So for the first, well, let's see, we bought Dog and Suds in 78, and I think we paid it off in 80. So did, I did you buy one location? No, I just bought one. There was only yeah, I only bought one location, okay. the one in Love's Park. Okay. So anyway, it was kind of a, the story, and then of course uh, Mark worked for me, my son, Carol, Carol worked for me, yep. Kathy worked for me, and they all, you know, Mark made enough money to go to college and all this stuff, and so it was a family thing. But anyway, my my wife would work days down there. And I would work nights down there, work ROK days, and we'd pass each other on Alpine, and that was our marriage for, <laughs> for a few years. So, but anyway, uh, that, that is true. I did own Dog and Suds for a while. And then um, I, we, were, we decided to sell the thing in 84, and that's about when I also was going to leave ROK because I had finished 10 years there, and I thought, I'm fully vested. I'm, 
you know, I've been in this business. The for profit so long. sharing program back then was huge. It was and wonderful. Doug McDuffin, they made oh, a lot of money man. in this it, profit sharing it program. Was, it was fantastic. And that was a whole different program back and then. And all the years I was there, I put in the maximum, and ROK would always match it. And some of the years they invested wisely, some of the years not so great, but you did come out with a nice bundle. Barb and I took a trip to Hawaii. After we, we paid off Dog and Suds, we started closing it in the wintertime because it was basically a summer business. So we're walking on the beach at Waikiki and we wanted to sell it and, and we put it up for sale in 84 and not a bite. So I said, Barb, maybe we ought to hang on to this thing because uh, you know what other business can you have where you're off three months of the year and you can take a nice vacation like that. So I go in to get things set up in February for the next season. And in walks this guy and he says, hey, uh, my wife and I just moved in from Savannah. We owned a restaurant there and we're moving back here to be close to her relatives and we're looking for something. Would you be interested in selling this place? <laughs> so out of the, and I, I talked to Barb and she says, sell it, sell it, sell it, because she was, she was tired. She was tired of it. I mean, we had it for like seven years. Wow. The girls are given the sign to land the plane. They, uh, I'm telling you, we're getting Okay, hooked. yeah, I'm getting a All little right. One thing. sidetracked from, how did, that, how did Dog and Sons come into this? Well, you know what? Because we went there. You had an old grand opening and you invited everybody. No, it wasn't everybody. a grand opening. It was like a trial for my new staff that Yeah, later. and yeah. you invited us and all wanted, from the radio station right, over. And, right. And yeah, we, we shoved Coney dogs down our mouths yeah. and had a great time. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, uh, before we wrap up, Steve, what do you want to tell? this? Because this is probably going to go into time capsule history. It is. And it is. someday your great-great-grandkids might run across this on a podcast and go, hey, what was that all about? Yeah. What do you want to say about your days on ROKZOK? Well, it's when you first start. So, And radio was great back then. It was fun to do. And as the years went went by, you moved into bigger markets, and the fun started going away as a business. Oh. You know? It, yeah. It's all about the bottom line and – that's it. That's all. I, I'll say one thing though about Steve's travels, we loved it because it was so much fun going to Alaska once a year. Every year, and a it different was so place. much fun going to Dallas during the winter, and it was fun going to Kansas City. I mean, he's been around some nice places, and it was just fun to go well, visit. Yeah. When you're in radio, you're a nomad. Yeah, yeah, but, but congratulations on surviving but, yes. so long. A absolutely, yeah. And yeah, boy, there was there were some times I didn't think I was going to. I know, but you still have the pipes. Holy cow! And he's still you doing do. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations oh, on you. that. Thank you. Yeah. But the best times you have are the first, those first few years, and that yeah. was at WROK and Z. Okay, great people. I mean, yeah. I mean it was funny how fantastic people to work. Still in contact. You know, uh, Steve. Uh, before uh, ROK, I worked at a station in Bloomington, and uh, it was WAKC. We actually had a. a it was pattern. 1440 too. Same it was frequency. As we ROK. had to protect ROK. Yeah. We had a we had a six tower directional day and night protecting WROK. One of the stations we're protecting. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I worked with a guy down there. He was in sales down there, and his name was Steve Crump. And Steve came up to Rockford before me and went to work for WROK. And he and Rap and Ron Galena were thick. They were like the three musketeers. 
So anyway, I came up here and I went to work for WRWC. And so when I was there, the manager says, hey, we really need another salesman. So I talked to Steve Crump about coming over to WRWC. And Steve Crump was talking to me about maybe moving over to WROK. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to do that, Steve, but why don't you think about coming to work for us? Well, what happened was I had prepared a cost per thousand sheet, okay, that I was giving out to clients. And one of the clients I gave to was Sears. Well, Sears was one of Ron Galena's big accounts. So the guy, the manager, gives Ron Galena my sheet showing <laughs> costs for thousands and how there were parts of the day when, we, I mean, ROK beat us audience-wise, but we beat them cost for thousand-wise because ROK's rates were much higher than us. So Ron Galena gets a hold of this and he says, he tells Steve Crump, I want to see this guy. I really do. I'm very impressed by him. Steve finally talked me into coming in to talk to Ron, and so I did. I came in, and he brings out the sheet, and he says, did you do this? <laughs> I says, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. He says, well, Gary, I says, I'm very impressed with what you did. I, th I thought it was really kind of brilliant, and uh, we'd be interested in where uh, Steve Crump is leaving. I says, really? Steve's leaving? And he says, yeah, he's into this religion thing, and he's going to be a preacher. Hmm. So... He said, uh, we'd like you to take Steve's uh, list, and it's one of the best lists we have. You've got some really good clients there. And uh, he asked me how much I was making and all that stuff, and he says, we can do a lot better than that. And, of course, I got four kids, and I'm raising four kids. So I'm Hello. Thinking, yeah. So anyway, that's how it started. That's how it started. And wow. I if people, if people didn't know, Ron Galena started his morning at the radio station for about a uh, half hour and then directly out to Sears to meet his buddy and yeah. have coffee. Okay. <laughs> that tells That's you. why Sears was as big as every day. Yeah, yeah, they well, did. Yeah, they did. Don't let them forget you. That's pretty okay, much Okay, well, it. anyway, that's about my story. So. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. Steve was taking his vacation time out. Chuck came in because he wanted to be part of sort of Steve's past and all the stories. Gary and I see each other at Music on the Mall, so it all fit together. Yes. But the last piece of the puzzle is Liz Wilder and Carol. Yes. And now we're going to take one break so I can start a new file, and we will thread it together with these ladies. So we'll be back in just a bit. Okay, folks, we're back, and this is the second segment for the Noel family. Gary and Steve have been retreated to the front room, and they're looking at albums and jackets and bumper stickers and stuff All like that. All the stuff we have. And uh, they will probably <laughs> raid the bar, oh, I'm probably, guessing. Probably. Yeah. So now Gary's it's, now so it's time for uh, Liz Wilder and Carol Noel, but Carol Thompson. Carol Thompson. Carol Thompson yes. was, that, that, was, that was my name. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So I will Alias. let you ladies take it with all your pictures and your memories from well, working see, together. Well, see, you guys, when you were talking, we were listening and we're like, oh, Carol, remember this? Oh, Carol, remember that? And yeah. Of course, some of the things that they said, we had no idea because... No. 
We weren't there. Like, when did you start? You started before I was I in, I, I think I got there at 80, 88, 89 to 92-ish. Because, yes, because I got there in May of 89 and left in October of 91. So we were right there. Yep, because I, I know when I worked there, you Kathy Hart yep. was in your spot. Right. So, and then Kathy Hart left and then you came in. Right. And do you know that I actually was following her around pretty much? You did? Yeah, because her, her then next boss called and said hey is there any you know asked her is there anybody you think I need somebody anybody you think is good and she said you might check with Liz she's been at ZOK now so I actually worked with them in Buffalo yeah and then when she went to Chicago no no the the PD was oh got it got it so somebody that she knew before so then when she went to Chicago Mm -hmm. I was back here and I tried to do Chicago too so and I did it was was interesting yeah that's absolutely I loved work I loved working with her and then of course you know the new girl was coming in is that what it was see I never knew that's you yeah you're the new girl so funny but yeah we worked in a really really fun time I mean we were absolutely we had a great time we had great people that we work with and just like Steve said, it's it was when radio was super, fun. super fun. Yep. I mean, everybody was listening to music. Everybody wanted to go see live music. We had a ton of remotes. Always. 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 Now, Carol, were you, you were always part-time or were you full-time? I was always part-time. And when, when was your... So I usually worked overnight mm-hmm. initially, and then I did a lot like Steve did. So I did um, Rick D's actually instead so, of Casey Casey. Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't have, have Rick, we didn't have Casey Casey. <laughs> we did Rick D's, which was the top forty. Uh-huh. Um, and then I also did. Um, I worked the weekends. I mean, okay. I always worked overnight on the weekends. But you also filled in when we did remotes because we had to have somebody back at the station. We had that damn Marty. Yeah, Yeah. I ran the board a ton. And I actually, I mean, over the waterfront weekend, I would do 40 hours in a weekend. Easy, easy. And um, so when I wasn't down there, I was back at the station running the board. So I worked literally 40 hours in three days. I remember a couple of waterfronts where you would be at the board and then you had like two hours. That's all you had was two hours before you had to come down for your shift. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then be down there for, you know, six six. to eight hours. Yeah. (laughs) But it was so much fun. And we gave away boats, we gave away cars, we did, we did so much stuff. And the waterfront was great. It was See, so much fun. I don't remember the boat. I didn't get there when you were giving away a boat. We did a, a bay liner once. A I think we gave away a bay liner boat and it that must have been the first year then. But we did give away a bay liner boat. We did give away that Jeep because oh my god, that Jeep. Do you remember I that little, it was driving a little, that thing. I'm trying to think of, I'm looking through the pictures right now. I remember right driving now. it to one of our remotes or something and it was it was great. It yeah, was I remember so what kind fun. it was. It was just a little it was a little little and it was a stick shift so I loved it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It, yeah, and I could drive a stick shift. So yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can drive There's it. Not very many people that uh-uh. can. Uh-uh. So yeah, but it was super fun. So was it just you and Kathy? Were you the only females on air then? At uh, that point in time, before I got there. Yes, I believe we were. Because I don't remember any other females at that time. I just remember looking back on some of our pictures here and. The part-timer females that were there were mostly um, office or, or interns mm-hmm. or whatever. Like yes, Kathy Balsley was an intern. Yes, interns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, another gal. Yeah, we worked with, I mean, you and I basically worked with just all us. guys, right? Yeah. yeah, it was just us. I don't think there was any females then, right? There was a gal, 
do you remember the big star party that we had at Blue Suede Shoes? God, those were fun. Those were the those were absolutely the best. They absolutely the best. Because you got all dressed up. You looked great. It was fun. Yeah. The guys rented tuxes. Yes. And we had sequins dresses. Yes. There's one gal in a sequins dress, and I'm trying to figure out her name. Well, that was Lisa Maxton. Lisa, well, was it Maxton then or now? I can't remember. She's married, but she got out of radio, I and she this is. Because she's signing an autograph. Well, that's me, but this is her right oh, here. Oh, you're signing an autograph. Yeah. Um, okay. Lisa was part-time. She was wor- working with Doug McDuff. So she was on AM, but she also worked at Brian's office, Brian Boyer's State Farm. That's how I knew. When did Lisa Brian. Fielding come, though? Do you remember that? She worked with Tim. Do you uh, remember that? Me too. Then Boy. she was before me. Then well, Ken DeCoster, as the news director, hired her. Okay. So that would have been after Bill Phillips, news director, after Bob Pressman, news director. Uh. So, so she was before, and so she she remembered there with Lisa. So I'm sure it was. I mean, with um Kathy Hart. I think Lisa like was before me. Eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. would okay. be my guess. Quite a few years prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just remember a couple of interns, and there was another gal, Lisa, not this Lisa, but there was another gal, dark haired Lisa, who was one of the three of us that were all dressed up for that star party. I oh yeah, Lisa Doc. She she dated Jeff Wicker. Oh, okay. She dated, how, but how she was a really good friend of mine. But she she did date Jeff Wicker. Okay. Yeah. How did you guys get the big axe? The big axe, like, like Donny Osmond. I mean, did the radio station? Oh, the radio station him? got him. Oh yeah, big time. God, God I'm so in love with Donny. Oh, so <gasps> Can you see us? We're drooling. Oh my God, see Donny. That was cool. Well, that was as Steve said. That was the year, the era that all the. Artists would come into the station mm. because yeah, they wanted to promote themselves. Exactly, I mean, we had and they had that too because I remember yeah. when I don't think Steve was working there, but I remember being that close to the radio station. Billy Squire came in. Oh wow! Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go meet him. So you know, you'd be one of those crowds that's kind of hanging around the station waiting for him to come out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it was. It and was they would like, and they just showed up and yeah. they just go in the front. And I remember. Yeah. In the front office, I think Amy was in there too, and and you know she'd be like all smiles and leading him back to the back to our studio. Do you remember Michael Damien? I do. Okay, so I rode in a Porsche with Michael Damien. Get out of here! And Serious? Yes, when was this? We had to get him from the airport, and then it, literally, I we went back to his his actual hotel, hotel <gasps> and then we rode in a Porsche to the Young at Heart Festival, oh my which is where he played. So that was that. so much fun. And, of course, my mom was just, oh, the young and the restless. And Michael Damien oh was Yuck. like, we had such a crush on Danny from the young and the restless. So, so yeah, amazing. But so good. So yeah. fun. So that was fun. like me having a crush on, on Donny Osmond. Oh, oh man, God. I could Donnie tell you everything Osmond about Osmond. was great. Isn't he fun? And he was there with Wicker so for nice Wicker's too. World Tour, too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and you, so you worked with Wicker. You worked, we all... Okay, we, we Carol, work with some pretty hot guys. We work with all hot guys. Yeah, I don't sorry, know. Tim. We had the yeah, hottest. Yeah, we, we did have the hottest Did you crew. just say sorry, Tim? Yeah, you oh were because, because you weren't <laughs> there. Like cut down. You weren't there. We worked with some hot guys, but that's you weren't a, there, I so I would have included you, but you were not there. <laughs> I see. I know. Nice. Sometimes I it's did not It is that. not very nice to say hot guys except you, Tim. I did not say except you. Well, that's what I heard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rewind this thing. I, yeah. You back. Yeah. You I, rewind that I thing. I have the I have the editing power. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh okay, okay. Yeah. He's not got gonna it, say it. it. Anyway. Regard yourself as a hot guy. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we did. We think about did. it. You know, we did. We had great people. So we had Jeff, Jeff Wicker. We had. Well, I think you had a crush on. Oh my God, so bad. Um, we had Steve Summers. We had Don Kay. Which Don Kay, you still hilarious. had a crush on him he's too. He's hilarious. He's yep. hilarious. Chuck Doyle. Yep. Jeez. We had Roger um, Peters. Jerry. Jerry Jensen. Yes. Oh Jorgensen rest his soul. He's no longer there, but he was overnights. Yes, he, he was, was overnights. He was but fun. I talked with him a lot. I always had to call Jeff Wicker in the morning and wake him up. Did you really? Yes. So I was always, you know, overnight, and then I'd have to call him, and he'd be running in there at the last like two minutes. Like jumping in, jumping into the seat. Okay, so um, so I have to just yeah. kind of divert here because Tim knows that I'm a little late usually and I run in and do the same thing. Well, do you remember when we would, you guys coined it, Wicker and Wilder time? Yeah, because that's about it. Wicker was always 30 minutes late. I was always 15 minutes late. Not for your so between shift. The, no, not so, for our shift. So or between anything the two else, of like them, it's like forty-five minutes late. Yeah, pretty well, much. Yeah. I don't think. I, well, no, I think we uh, thirty <laughs> minutes. I don't think it was ever forty-five. But I do remember Jeff, and you're going to hear this, and you're going to have to, you know, you'll have to, you're just going to have to come in and talk about it yourself. But he would leave. Remember, he would just kind of leave under the radar. Oh yeah, He'd absolutely. Be at He'd be like blue suede shoes or at go. Cubby O'Brien. Isn't he still here? No, I don't think so. No, Jeff remember. left. He, he would just leave. He wouldn't tell anybody. Just gone. He would just leave. Just gone. Why? Yeah. Because he had to get up at four a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but he gone. would just leave. I mean, he, wouldn't he would say make his appearance to and be like, "Oh, yeah. that's it." Well, so. there's some people at parties where they hit a wall, and whether they've got to get up or not. They hit a wall and they go, you know, I'm done with this room. And they leave. Oh, well, God, and that's it's true didn't... because radio back then was really, really about you were a celebrity. I mean, you really kind of were. I yeah, mean, we you were. came out, even though I hated being in front. <laughs> yeah. I hated being in front. She did. I can be behind a microphone. Yeah. I'm fine. She did. But I hated <laughs> being in front. I had to pull her out a lot. And I know <laughs> at um, some of our star parties, you know, I'd wear something nice and then Liz would be fixing me up going, be sexy, be sexy. <laughs> and I mean, for me, that just was not who I was. I, I was like, was, oh, put the sleeves back up. And I'm like, no, pull them down. You're supposed to be sick. No, back up. No, back down. Come on, Carol. There you go. And then I remember being yeah. on on the waterfront. You know, we'd be out there and we'd be introducing people and we'd uh-huh. go out on stage and I would just be like, oh my God. She froze. I would be hiding behind one of the guys. Uh, you would. You would, be, you would actually be, be like, behind oh, like Don Kay. Oh, Carol here too. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh. Would, would, you, would you freeze because of the number of people? I just didn't like being out in front of people. Yeah, she didn't. You know, she had yeah. no problem behind the microphone. Yeah. Oh. Talking behind the mic, it was yeah. awesome. But wow. you know, that's that thing where yeah. you don't see everybody. I couldn't you just do imagine. it. Yeah, it was hard to be out. Like, <gasps> I love I'll never that, forget though. the only time I ever really took the microphone and did something as an actual remote was... At Young at Heart Festival, they gave me a mic, told me to go walk around. They were going to come to me, talk to me about it, what was going on. Yep. And I totally did it ad lib, and that was weird. That was really weird for me. But it was great. I but you fun. loved it, yeah, right? Did you do it again? No, that was it. She didn't want to do it again. Oh, my God. She's a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, well, but she time. was always back behind the scenes. She was running the board for us. I did run. Oh. I did run. So do you remember when Steve was talking about how the, the music – or maybe it was, it might have been Chuck that was saying the uh, records or the whatever carts yep. or whatever, you yep. had to have them on hot and then you potted us up. 
Well, yeah. shoot, and I, you'd, doing that. you'd talk two-way radio to yes. where they'd be like, hey, you know, we're coming in, we're coming in in two minutes. And what's the song? Minutes. Tell me what the song is. Yep, what's the next break? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. I remember so you're that, you're sort of like a floor manager, You sort have of. to, like, really she run was. it all. I mean, you're Whoa. running the whole show, basically. Yeah, and plus kinda. pulling commercials and getting things ready yep. for the next whole thing and making it sound yeah, smooth. Yeah, I still have nightmares about coming in there's dead air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't, though? Seriously. <laughs> Who doesn't have nightmares about you come in and there's like... There is nothing going. <laughs> or everything's going and you can't pot it all yeah, down. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, where is, it? where is that song? I know, right? Yeah, can't find it. <laughs> or you pot up the wrong one. I remember when I was doing the rate, doing my show, I might cue up the wrong song. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it was on purpose. Sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, what See, do we I do? Didn't How do have I get, computers. You know, do like, that? they do it now. Like, I yeah. walked through that station since it's been new. Oh, and okay. it's all... Everything's computer. Yeah. So the computers just keep going. That would be weird for me. Like, I would feel like I don't have any control. You'd, I do. Yeah, I would so, feel that way too. So I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but I know Steve's used to working with stuff like that. But it was hard. It was thing. hard for us to get used to a WLUV. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was just it's completely weird. weird. Right? Yeah. But it just I'm like, keeps well, going. But, but you know, the... on the other hand, you could hit, and we've done it, you yep. could hit the auto button, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have to play American Pie to go to the bathroom. Remember those long songs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just hit auto, and it would take care of itself. So it had its benefits, but it was still weird. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you couldn't weird. pot it up or pot it down. You're like, oh, you thank know, God, make God it Stairway go. to Heaven is playing. I'm out of here. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? I got to go. I got to go. I got to get my thing in the microwave. Get my food in the microwave quick. I've only got two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, remember you, doing yeah that? absolutely. But people bring you food. Oh my God, I remember the one of the best memories I have is there's this little girl, and she was I think her name was Sarah. I don't remember her last name, but she would call me every night. Aww. And she just thought I was like the best celebrity. You are. And she would she would request uh, Debbie Gibson all the time, God. and of course you know I play queen. it. Yeah. Um, and you know that was the nice thing is we could throw in stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually had openings every hour that you could throw in some stuff. So that was and especially nice. Especially if it was a request and yes. you could say, because we wanted to make sure that people knew we yes. were listening to them. That's what I recall. Yes. We always had the request line and mm-hmm. we had, that was, that's kind of what kept you going at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, do you remember the request line phone number? Yeah, I do. What is it? It's 815. Well, you don't say 815. We no, never said We never 815. said 815-229-5100. There you go. Yeah. And it is. And you it guys, is. You guys also had a concert line. Do you remember that? Oh, boy. I don't remember the concert line, it but I can a, tell you. Because it wasn't something we used a uh-uh, lot. Uh-uh. It, it was an automatic cart that the, that the phone, when you call, when somebody would call that, it would trigger that cart. Okay. And ah. so you guys would update the cart I and do just remember it updating. In. I do remember updating that now that, you, yeah. now that you think about it, now that I think about it. And I think that was 229-9700, I think. Oh. I think. That could be. That could I think. be. That could yeah. be. I just mm-hmm. remember the, the three three two two yeah, number. Fi- I remember that's yeah yeah. Nine two two three three, because when I was dropped on my head at one of our events at <laughs> oh. the speedway oh, and I was yeah. knocked unconscious. Remember that? Was that do- doing Peter our Parker? The guy was yeah. Was no, it was when race? we were doing the flipper races. <laughs> it was it was Peter Parker, Steve Summers, Jeff Wicker, and myself, and we were had to go from that one corner that. You know, I forgot what corner number it is. Down to the finish line, so four to one, whatever. And you're running in flippers. In flippers, carrying a beach ball. Well, (laughs) legs, Liz won. And, of course, they're going to pick me up because we also had a pool. It was on the inside, and it was part of the sponsorship. 
somebody sponsored a pool. What was the pool? What was the Sunco the pools? Pool. Was Sunco pools? Oh, Sunco or Lakes. Sure, sure. Sunco pools, I think. Yeah. We had a pool there, and we were going to just jump in there afterwards. Well, Peter Parker picked me up. He flipped on. He tripped on his flippers the same time Steve was there, too, and, and down we both went. Oh. I hit my head oh, on the man. cement or the, the, the asphalt, whatever, and I don't remember diddly squat. I, I just remember kind of waking up saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay. And they set me, and Chuck Doyle was there as paramedic, not as uh, DJ, whatever. Nice. And I remember Chuck there. I remember Steve in the front somebody else there and then Steve in the back with me and I'm thinking no that's not right you can't be in two places at one time <laughs> and they were asking me you know what's your name and I, I knew my name what's, what's your do you know what your phone number is I went 399-2233 399-2233 which was the station number the front office right. yeah right. I'm like that's well what's your home phone number uh, uh, oh. uh, I could not remember for the life of me. Oh, no. Could not remember. And that was so, way before speed dial. So you didn't have that didn't excuse. didn't have speed dial. No, yeah. I had no excuse. Yeah, we were no, talking about that, too, how you would call in in radio all the time oh, yes. to win, you know? And then we had the rotary. Like, the rotary phone. <laughs> and why did it not, why did it always end in zero? Yeah, and zero was a long like one. Zero was the longest. <laughs> yes. Yep. I encourage you guys, on the last sit-down, with Fred Spear. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to give it away. It is such a great story. But Fred tells this dialing zero oh story that you are going to die <laughs> when you hear the punchline. It is fantastic. We will have to do that. Yeah. So oh my that's God. that's my promo for another episode. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's great. That's pretty cool. I loved working with Fred. Fred oh was awesome. God. Isn't he awesome? Always he in with so a smile. Great. He he would come in on Saturday mornings because I would sit, of course, and talk with Jeff for like three hours. <laughs> um, like this? I'd go, yeah, I'd go get his, I'd, he'd let me drive his prelude and then I'd go get him some breakfast. Uh-huh. And then uh, I'd come back from McDonald's breakfast, you know, getting hot cakes yeah. and sausage, you know. For, for Jeff. Yeah, for Jeff. And then. Of course, uh, you did it out of your own money, your own. Yeah. yeah. You know what's so funny about you guys? Every time you talk about crushes, you say both of you guys oh, say yeah. i had a crush donny osmond jeff quicker no it's still going it's on still, uh, yeah. it's just because we love those it's kids still going on. <laughs> right. it's still going on yeah. he's still great they all are yeah yeah so you talked with him for a long time and then fred would come in yeah and then fred would come in and actually just sit there and he was, he was so funny like yeah. I don't think people saw that side, but he was always funny with Jeff, and mm -hmm. Jeff always had great characters anyway. Oh. Don't you remember? Oh, I remember. Like I Velma, remember. The what? Old, Velma, the older <laughs> lady. Yeah. And, and what was oh the... Oh, God. Um, Dr. Elsie the Cow. Oh, Elsie the Cow. Oh, Elsie the Cow. Elsie he the was talking cow. about Elsie the Cow, and he would have... There was somebody who brought in a cow. Yeah. We got a picture of that somewhere yeah. in here. Yeah. He <laughs> Elsie would do, the cow. Elsie the cow yeah. was one. Velma it? was another. Um, what's the church Church of the something or other? I can't remember. They had, oh, man. I don't know. But, okay, so what was up with the guy that we said was next to Big Max that you said was a Jeff Wicker's? Um, oh, do you remember? It was, it, oh, so you guys weren't around. Chuck would know. I well, I was Chuck. still in the city. You were in the city, but, but remember he was the reverend or something. He was a word of the day. He always had a different word. Oh, remember that? Oh. I can't remember his name. Lord. I can't remember what he was. I know what you're talking about. But you know about, what I'm talking though. about? Yes, the word of the day. Do he you would have a picture do. of him? I do, right here. He's right there. All right, let me see if but, I know um, who it is. 
Where's Chuck? Someone laying. We got to get Chuck. Chuck would no. know what his name is. I don't know who he is. I know because it was before. I mean, it was after you, Chuck. but Chuck would know. Yeah. Anyway, he was there, and I think remember when the when the ZOK van went missing. What? Remember yeah. it went missing? I do remember that. Yeah, I think it was missing. Just barely, but I kind of do, yes. Hey, Chucker, I need your help on this one. Um, the guy that worked with Jeff Wicker in the morning, did the black the dude, he was into the word of the day. He was a part-timer. He's laying on the body. He's laying on the ground there with the hit, on the Hitmakers magazine. Do you remember? What? I thought it was, he Let was a, kind of a... Funky. Well, anyway, he would do a different word of the day, and it was funny. It was yeah, always it was, a funny, it was funny something. Funny. It was just a... It was some weird word that nobody had ever heard of. Pretty so much. Jeff mm-hmm. had two people, and they were all our maintenance guys. Yeah, maintenance. He was an engineer. Okay. He was maintenance. And, this and is isn't perfect- that the one that is- took the van? No. Oh, okay, it was the no. other one. This is Professor Bell. Bell. Professor Bell. Bell. Professor Bell. Yes. That's right. Professor yes. Bell. Yes. Yep. Yep. And yep. they were words of the what day. What was the words other guy the then? Who was the other guy? Who was the one that I took the I can't remember van? the other guy's name. Uh, he was Dr. See, okay, so I got him mixed up. One was I was thinking he was Dr. something. It was Professor. Yes, one was Dr. so-and-so. Yeah, and it was the doctor one that ended and up taking the van. And he, he, stole, he stole the van. The van. Okay. They found it in El Paso. Oh. Wait, an employee stole the van? Like on his last day? Well, or it turned out to be his last day. It turned out to be his last day. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, what what had happened? That was during Drake Strassel. Yeah, Drake Strassel was Trussell. here, and I don't know if it was exactly uh, John one Ivey of those was in guys. There too, but it was yeah. but it was Strassel. And what had happened Watch. was, this dude was working there, and he was having some issues. And Personal. yes, and this girl or something was down there or something, and he wanted to get to her. So yeah. he figured the only way he could, he well, knew where the keys to the vans were. Take the van. He came in yeah. and he took the ROK van. Was, I thought it was a ZOK. No, it was the older ROK van. Okay. It was a black one, though. Yes. It? it was black. Okay. Yep. And he took I think it it's for funny how he wouldn't like he wouldn't be noticed with the call letter. All right, hello. <laughs> you think when love gets in the way, lust. You mean when whatever lust gets it was, in the way. Um, <laughs> lust. <laughs> you know, uh, remember Pete? I do. Yeah, I do. I still see Pete's son at church. Oh, awesome! Yeah, there's a lot of people on there. On the, it's a Hitmakers magazine where we have Big Max, and Big Max was an introduced. Big Max was our huge. It was our introduction deal. Studio, yeah. basically. Um, and you were talking about how you fixed it. There right? is one guy in there you'll see um, in the window. That was Dave Hallow. He was an engineer. He worked there with Jeff Glass. Jeff Glass was our also an engineer. Um, Dave was relatively new at that point in time, and he. Had some issues with Big Macs who couldn't figure out how to get it back on the air. And so he says, Liz, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems. I'm having issues. I can't get you on. I said, Carol, Dave, who is this up by this you? Touch this button and you'll get it. That, well, Steve Summers is on the one side. But right. then who's on the other? Is that Peter Parker Oh, or Peter something? Parker. Yeah, the yeah. guy that was Peter oh, Parker. yes, Remember? Peter Parker. The guy yeah. that dropped me. <laughs> and by the way, as a reference, this is 1991. 91, yeah. Mm-hmm. 91. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, that sounds right. Ted Schultz is still in town, yep. and he's selling over at... Um, We've lost a couple Hills. of people on there. They're gone. Hills. Like Jerry, yeah. Je- Jerry Jensen. Jerry Jensen is, Jerry Jensen is on there. He's and Pete. gone. Pete and Adlai. Um, Adlai Rust. He's in there. And of course, everybody knows who this guy is. I do. 
Walter Flakus. Right, and yeah. he is uh, in Chicago. Who is mm-hmm. he? Is I don't remember what his air name is. Do you remember what his air name was? I don't. He's he just on, recently got married. By the way, on my too. Facebook, Stabbing Westward was his band. Yeah, so no. he was made. You know, he made it as a band guy, yeah. and then he made it as kind of this alternative rock music yep. program director. He was yep. programming for XM mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the longest time, and now when Chicago went back to a rock station, he came back to do that. Mm-hmm. I think he still does a podcast too, or something. But you can't remember but his air name. I don't remember okay. what his air name was, but he was on over or night times. And that, that is his wife next yes. to him. Yes. Uh, uh, that at that time, wife one. Wife one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still on wife one, and I'm going to have to go. So, is there any other? Questions, questions that I can think of. No. For the human brain here to remember. No. Why? Just, just that we had two Chris Kellys. We were talking Correct. about yes, that. We, did. we had two. Mm-hmm. The one Chris, first Chris Kelly was the tall redhead with you, Steve, I think. Blonde. Or blonde, red, mm-hmm. blonde, reddish. The second was Jammin' J.Y. Kelly. J.Y. Kelly, yeah. right. Chris and Kelly, who was and that was still in town. KMK Media was what they were with. He's still, still in town. He's yeah, still, he's still in, in town. town. Yep, yep, yep. In yeah, fact, he, Michelle um, McAfee. Yes. His, he married her, his, her daughter. Is she still around? Yeah. Okay. Huh? Yeah, he works for advertising agencies oh, like wow. V2, but I can't remember it's where his he own is. now, yeah. Yeah, where he is now, but He's yeah. in the area. Yeah. I remember this day because I just bought I one of too. these new C-Doos. And oh, I was out on the that's Rock why River. you were in the shorts. That's yeah, what I because to know. underneath the shorts, I had my C-Do uh, <laughs> like uh, rubber Legging suit type on, stuff, yeah. And I was out C-Doing. And it was the time where, hey, you got to come by for a picture. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, do that I have mobile, to? That mo- mobile that studio was, was seriously the best, though. And it had a lot of people in there too. We it did had a lot of a fun lot times in of there. Stuff in there, we went. We took that thing everywhere. And you know what? We didn't utilize it as well as we no, could. No, we should have. have and could have. No, for the, sure. What was really cool was the deck above it. Yes. Do you remember oh, going to the yeah. air shows? I do. As and, a matter of fact, go I've got up on the deck. Uh huh. And I've got a couple of pictures yeah, in there. Sit up there. Rachel, um, Rachel Bach was her well, her married name now. She um, she became a good friend. She and Holly, Rachel and Holly, and I, we were up on the top, you know, watching it all too. Yeah. We had the Wicker World tour yeah. with Donny Osmond, that and we would take that thing all over the place. To call it that. What, the Wicker World yeah, Tour? Yeah, and, hey, and, and that, that whole promotion was kind of my idea. I went to Jeff. We were talking. I said, well, why don't we do this and go to these little – and just make it like really fa- – like you're yep. real famous and stuff. Uh-huh. And that's how that – in there. Now, the girl with the dark hair. That was Kathy Ballsley. Kathy Ballsley. Yeah. She yep. was an intern. Yep, she was an intern yep. at the time. Yep. Yep. And then that's Jeff Glass next to her. Um, then we've got Jerry Jurgensen – or Jerry Jensen yep. who passed – Course Ted. Ted, me, Yvonne, Steve Summers' wife. Okay. And then uh, Jim Mulvaney, yep. Adlai, of course, Tom, Joe Soto down here. And that was pretty much it. That's Roger it. Roger Peters up on top. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by the way, we will have this picture yes. on the Storyteller Studio tab yeah. on lifes3x5s.com. Right. So you will be able to see what everybody's pointing at. Right. Right, right. It was a lot yep. of fun. It was a lot of fun. So what other questions so then? So that was pretty much the questions that I had, baby cakes, for you. That was the only <laughs> one that I couldn't remember. Uh, I couldn't remember. I just remember that you were always, it was fun, and, and he was there when I came back. Because yeah. I came back the second time, you know. And you yeah. were around, too. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I stayed around for a long time, but you know what? It was fun. It, it was, was part-time, mm-hmm. and part-time is fun. Mm-hmm. Part-time is fun. You don't have to get into the daily politics yeah. and the daily stuff We never had to worry about numbers and what what this was and share and everything. You didn't have to do Literally, that. Literally, I never even thought of that stuff in radio, and I never even really knew anything too much about that because I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, you got radio in your bloods, but how long did you stay in radio? Um, let's see. I graduated in 86 and I went to KMQ. That was my first one. And okay. I worked with Jim Reed was who hired me there. And then I also worked with Dewey Haas, but I think you guys call him what? Dewey Daniels. Dewey Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Dewey okay. Daniels. Yep. Um, he was the general manager there. So I worked for Magic 95, oh, and wow. then um, I Fairfield. yeah I went down to Iowa. I w- worked in Iowa for a while. Um, God, if I could remember the station. I don't even remember, <laughs> honestly. I was only there for like six months, I think. Um, really weird place. But anyway, um, went there, worked there for a while, and then came back here. And I didn't do radio for a little bit. And then I kept trying to kind of get into ZOK because I really wanted to work there. And then finally, Steve gave me a break. and Steve Summers. Yeah, yeah. Steve Summers. And nice. uh, yeah, I got in there. So as, a, as, a, as a little bit of a reference for people that may be listening now that don't know how it was back then, when you say you're working for Dwayne Daniels at Y95, that was on Reed Farm Road. Right. And so it was it, in the same area, in the same city? Yes. Oh, okay. But you know where uh, Alding Golf Course is right now? Yeah, that's okay. exactly where it was. Okay, so right across the street, there's a, they have a driving range. That's where the radio station yeah. was. Yes. Yeah, that building is no longer there. Yes, okay. so they completely revamped all that, and everything's down on Sandy Hollow. Used to be a cornfield. Oh. Yeah. Cornfield out in the middle of cornfield. And they had an AM and an FM. Yep, I did uh, KKN. KKN was that's, there. I did AM. that, too, ah. with Sky. Country and Sky Drysdale. Country yeah. Station. Yep. They were oh, wow. no no numbers match for the powerhouse. <laughs> R-O-K-Z-O-K, okay, just, yeah. just oh, I, buried them. Oh, I thought you meant the powerhouse of country WLUV. No. Oh. No. See where I get confused. Yeah. yeah. Boy, everybody was unanimous oh. on that one. Yeah. What, was the, what wow. was the radio station that was in Cherryvale Mall? Wasn't there? W-Y-D-R. Oh, it had the Yellow yeah. Brick Road. Right. Yeah, yellow you could walk to it, Y-B-R. and then you could go and see them. You know, yes. they had the big window, and you could watch them on air. It was kind of cool. Well, they, we had a big window, too. We did, too. They People some... come up there, too. I mean, at night. Did you ever have strangers come up at night? That was scary. Weird ones? Yeah, like people would come up and be like, eh. Were they drunk? And they try to bring you food. I mean, which was great. You know, I always accepted it. It's not that I didn't accept food. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but they would. They would come and just, like, wave at you, and you're like, hi. Oh. Yeah, Especially after little, the bars close. A little weird. Oh, but they, yeah. But they probably wanted to put scared. a face with the sound. Sometimes. Yeah. I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a couple times they mistake you for me. There was a couple times that somebody came in, I think, right in the beginning, because I remember having to be on. I'd have been like, yeah, I'm her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm her. I think when I came in and I started, um, when I started, I didn't know the board or whatever, and I came in overnights before I started my shift. And I think a couple times people were asking if you were me. That was kind of fun. But yeah. So Carol became my really good friend because she was the only female around. Yeah. yeah. And at that point in time, I didn't know anybody. And 
So Carol and we, Gary and Barb, your yeah. mom and your yeah, whole we family kind of took did, me under their wing. Yeah, we did a lot. We did a lot. And I mean, I remember, I mean, you don't eat meat, but no. however, <laughs> we had you over for Thanksgiving. And at that yeah. time, I do believe you ate turkey. Um, and you were like cleaning that carcass like it was nothing. <laughs> I You're, do. I mean, mom yeah. hated doing that. You were yeah. like, oh, I'll I can clean do that, that for car- you, no problem. Give me that, I'll give yeah. it, I'll clean that carcass. Yeah. yeah we it was, always it had until 91 that I became We vegetarian. always had people over for I remember Thanksgiving that. and Christmas and whenever people were kind you, of not Because you couldn't family. go home. I couldn't go home you know? all the time. And we were and, right there. Yeah, so. and you only have that one day off, so yeah. it, you know, was tough. And, we were literally yeah. two, two blocks from the station. Oh, I know. I was like living at your house a lot. So, yeah. so Carol, Carol is my good friend. Carol was my maid of honor at my wedding and yep. many, and many you moons were in, ago. You were in was mine in as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were. So you've yeah. easily known each other 35 Easily. Years? Well, 89, from 1989 yeah. okay. on up because right. that's when I got here. Yeah. Wow. So, it's yeah. a long time. Long time. Wow. But and it's been, it's been amazing. You know, and it's, it's funny. We talk about weddings, but my wedding day, one of the best memories I had was getting into my wedding dress and she was there. Oh. And then of course I had my son. Yep. yep. And I she was there. That. Did she yeah. adjust that wedding dress cuz she said <laughs> be sexy. Carol, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm surprised. Carol, you got to be like, sexy. Hike that thing up. I probably should have yeah, I didn't. And you look at her and you go, "Damn, it's a church." Yeah, it's I'm not, not going to be sexy in this huge wedding dress. Be sexy. We're not yeah. at a concert no. for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, no. You know, it's funny. I never had to tell you that, though. Uh-oh. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I didn't have to say, Liz, be sexy. It just didn't. <laughs> well, she's got the pageant. In yeah. The I had the pageant stuff going on. Yeah, that was the pageant thing. That was a pageant part of me, too. Yeah, that was so much fun. We just we just had a blast. We had I so could... much fun. We had great people, great people. Yeah. It was so much fun. It's a it's a, such a great memory. and. So who was your favorite fun. person to work with? Oh my gosh! Well, besides, besides me, Jeff. Oh, dang! Oh, wow! Darn! I thought it was gonna be me. You Jeff. thought you were gonna beat yeah, him to the yeah, punch? I did. Yeah, she said Jeff. No, no Jeff, I believe Jeff, Jeff is Jerry, a good one. Jerry, I mean, Jerry was one of my really good friends. So, I mean, I didn't even know he was ill or anything. I didn't really know mm-hmm. any of that until I just found out. Oh, months later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he died in December or something. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was really sad because I, I, we hung out all the time at the remotes. So. Right. Kind of like I'm the outcast kind of weird guy. I'm like, nah, I'm the outcast too. I'll be with you. So, I mean, it was it worked out really good because we were both kind of we liked kind of more behind the scenes mm-hmm. than we did mm-hmm. being out in front of everybody. So it worked out really good. So when did you leave our okay or was he okay rather? Than I think it was ninety two. And what did you do then? Um, I didn't really do anything with radio, but um, ended up working for insurance I did that for a while and then I ended up now I'm a nurse so yeah totally different um totally different thing I'm on my third career I always tell people so Ah, there you go how long have you been a nurse I've been a nurse since 99 wow yeah yeah so if we do the flipper thing out of here you could help (laughs) me I absolutely can falls off our shoulders probably probably help her yeah see I retain this information because yeah. it could become useful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's totally I've different. I showed her some of my ouchies already, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no I mean, deal. I still have dreams about being in radio, but it's, I don't know, 
how that would even go. I don't even know how that would feel now because it's so different. Like I said, Steve works with all the computers and all that stuff, and I'd probably be like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Hey, you know, you say you're behind the scenes, but you told me when they were talking about trips that you actually went on one of those trips, one of those cruise trips. I did. I did. Where did you go? We went with, uh, actually went with Jeff Wicker. Oh, you did? was on his cruise. One of his cruises so that, that he did. Was before me then. So it was it was really fun. I went with Don. Um, Jeff was there. I mean, we there was like a bunch of us. There's probably a, at least a handful of us going from the station. Yeah, with from listeners? the station. Okay. okay. And then we could bring someone. So we brought. I mean, I brought a friend with me that mm-hmm. was my roommate at the time, Lisa. And then um, we went ahead and went, and it was so much fun because I. I mean, I'd never been anywhere like that before, and we went to the Bahamas and mm. just. Beautiful, absolutely and beautiful. Did you get on mic? No, you didn't get to get no, on mic. No, I didn't. I was you didn't still want to, or you wanted to? I was still what? behind the scenes. Do you think they did? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't I think didn't. they did. Okay, I don't think they did because we were like cruise cruising. Not there was like nothing around. I mean, you know, you're cruising from Florida down to the Bahamas. So okay. I mean, it was kind of. I did a a trip when I came back, and I was on uh, WRWC. Oh. Back 103, it was like yeah. light 103 at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. With Jim Mackey. Did you go there after? I, I when I came back, I got came back in 80, in, uh, God, what year are we in? Nine, in 95. Okay. And I did sales with Steve Summers at the country station for a little bit. Because okay. in my mind, I wanted to have my own um, voiceover business. And I knew all the background. I didn't know the sales end of it. Mm-hmm. So I told myself I'll be there for two years, you know, learn one year, be there for two, and then get out of it but I actually made it about a year and a half and then went back on the air because they asked me to be back mm-hmm. on the air but I had worked with uh Jim Mackey and we were oh, in um I, I think it was too. Bahamas also I, I think we were with the Bahamas. him I think it K- I think he worked at KMQ did KMQ he? sounds correct but I don't yeah. know I'll yeah and then I worked with a, a girl named Jackie Michaels too I Michaels was the her air name Okay, but when I was that? Say when was that? That was right when I got out of school. So it would have been okay. 86, 87. Okay, so that was probably, and wasn't there a J.J. Michaels? Yep, there I before think there you? was. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was coming up from Memphis, the new girl, mm-hmm. I had to change my name. Because I was actually Liz Michaels. Oh, yeah, because Jackie. Jackie. Jackie and J.J. Mi- yeah, yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. be Michaels, so I had to come up with a new name. And so Wilder was my name. Liz how'd, Wilder. You, how'd you come up with it? Uh, my dad was remarried. And the gal's name was Wild, W-Y-L-D-E. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll just take Wild. That sounds fine. It's not any nothing related to my real name. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, you're supposed to change your name. Um, and I couldn't do the St. John's or the St. Whoever you are anymore, you know, because everybody, everybody wanted <laughs> to do that. Robbins is hilarious. Yeah. I didn't even know how that came about. So, so, yeah. Yeah. so anyway, I just said I was Liz Wild, but Wild didn't sound right. Liz Wilder. So Liz Wilder sounds better, especially spelled with a Y. Mm-hmm. And do you so guys know that, that Jeff Wicker's morning team partner yes. now, it, her He's last wild. name is Wild? Oh, really? Yeah. Wicker and Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that yeah, Wild? That's right, that's yeah. right. And wild. there have been <laughs> probably six Larsons come through WROK, and there were... So do you so, know all of them? I do. Okay, let's and, go through and, it. And the, and the weird part about it is, is there were three of us that were Larson's at the time. So were they made you change Michael's? Yeah. The, John and Joe and me. Oh, wow. And then there was Mark, you know, way Mark back. Larson. Way yeah. back. I can't remember. See. I can't remember so, the And people. I did work in Bel- um, DeKalb oh. at DEK for oh, a very, yeah. very short time. And at that time, I was Carol Knight with oh. Kate. 
K N I G H T. Like Chris Knight from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I actually really liked that. I don't know why I didn't pick something more exciting um, for Can a last name, but well, I don't know where I came up with uh, isn't Carol that Thompson, funny? but I did. So that's maybe they picked it, it out of the phone book, like <laughs> we know. probably did. You probably well, that was the big thing. Did. You know, you'd go down the list and pick Just something. Like I'll take this. That's good. Yep, yep. Yeah. So I, I'm backtracking because I asked you if you were on microphone only because when I was with Jim Mackey and we were in the Bahamas, we actually did shows. Oh, nice. We did it broadcasting live, so I didn't know if you guys did that at all. I don't think we did when we went on the trip. Uh-uh. I don't okay. remember them doing anything mm, crazy. Yeah, Fun. which is surprising for Jeff. Yeah. you know, he likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeff, you'll get to clear your name sometime soon. Yeah. yeah there. That's fun. I've been out of the ball. Yeah, I've been out of uh, radio for so long. Yeah. So it's such a foreign thing to me now. But yeah, but if I say Cubby O'Brien's, oh what comes to your brain? Oh, my God. I love Cubby O'Brien's. Cubby O'Brien's, we went to, um, <laughs> what was the Most the one choose. on State Street that you'd go and it had the stairs going up and ICU used to play there all the time? State Street Station? There it is. That is, yeah, that was it. And, I mean, we had a lot of clubs. We had um, the Quark. We court. had in the old clock tower, yep, mm-hmm. which yep. is torn down now. I mean, we had all kinds of clubs and cool stuff, and and that's what I was telling my son. I'm like, you guys don't have any of that stuff yeah. to do. We had the I mean, rusty nail. We had Stash O'Neill. Stash, Stash O'Neill's was, really was a big one, fun. Yep, and of course, Jungle Gyms. We talked Jungle about that Gyms. too. You know, that was my first introduction to all of the freebies that we could get. Was Jungle Gyms. Jungle Gyms Somebody brought great. me in there, and they're like, "Oh, just have some of the shrimp or." Get a drink. It's on the station. I'm like, what do you mean on the station? What do you yeah, mean? Right. Well, do I, do, is it deducted I mean, from my pay or what? To go you know? to all the concerts we got to see, yeah. all the people we got to meet. I mean, those were all, that was all part of working there. Who sticks out great. of your mind the most besides Michael Damien? Oh, boy. Um, we saw so many. We saw Eddie Money, yeah. um, which was amazing to meet him. Um, gosh, there was so many at the star party. Yeah. I mean, alias, we, we had like all these <laughs> crazy kind of off the wall, you know, nineties kind of bands, but it uh-huh. was great. I mean, yeah, I remember meeting all of them. Of course, Donnie was great. Your favorite. Donnie was great. And we're back. I know. <laughs> See, we're back with Donnie and Google eyes. Yep. Donnie are. was great. He was such, he's such a nice guy too. I mean, yeah. he was just down to earth. And I think that was fun to meet some of the people. Now I... I met the Go Go's and she was not that great, so I don't oh, know. Belinda like, Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. I had, I don't know. If she was having a rough day. It was like a fair, something like that yeah. that she was playing at. Uh-huh. Oh, but I, I do rem- remember meeting her, and I was like, wow, that's kind of different. So sometimes you're a little put off by uh-huh. some of the stuff. But so I gotta rem- I gotta just say something. I uh, Lita Ford oh, is one yeah. that I remember too. Well, I just recently saw her. I went to Sturgis this past week, and she was performing. Oh, nice. She's still hot. She is still a hot-looking gal, and she's still got the pipes. Yeah. Well, was she so, always a really solo cool. artist? Uh, lead of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she always was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just she's awesome. Yeah. But really remember good. the big hair? We'd have big hair. Oh yeah. That was that year. We'd that like, was the 80s. Really, big I'd have, hair. I have mine all curled up. I, uh, I know. know I know. And some of those things. Like, and the wow. big glasses. I yeah. I've changed. You can tell what year it is by my glasses and those pictures. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's god. It's totally different. But yeah. I remember, you know, at uh, Blue Suede Shoes, we had a big Halloween party. You know, so yeah. I dressed up as a cat. And, about. and I literally did my makeup so good yeah. that, like, I had the cat face. You did. I had the cat tail. I had she the fur. Black. I had all in black. I had the whole fishnet stockings and everything. 
and I could pull it off then. She didn't say anyway, much. She didn't say anything, hardly anything at all. I didn't say all. anything Nothing. to anybody. Nobody knew who I was. No. No, seriously. And of course, Don K was hitting on me, <laughs> which was great. And that was super fun when I actually came clean and said, oh, by the way, Don, hey, it's Carol. How's yeah. it going? And he's like, he's like oh, what? my oh, God. God. Busted. <laughs> that is hilarious. Isn't that fun? Oh, that fun? my. Yeah, you need to bring him in and ask him about that one. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. We had some great times and a lot of great costumes, too. Great costumes. You remember the Christmas tree and presents? I mean, I don't know who all came as that, but... I don't remember that. Somebody came as a Christmas tree with all the presents. Oh. Um, we had amazing costumes. And I mean, you know, of course, we were talking about the dentist chair. Yes. Oh, um, God. At Blue Suede Shoes. shoes. Yeah. Throw you back you know. and throw you forward yeah. after you chug <laughs> whatever the shot it is. And then what was the um, what was the drink that we had? Um, oh, not, it, not blow, Flamin' it, Blue Jesus. No, it wasn't not that. a Flamin' Blue Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't that one. At Cubby O'Brien's, wasn't it, was it called just a, was it just a blowjob? Yeah. Drink? Is that what the name so. of it? Yeah. Yeah, and you because had to, like, throw you, had to back. you could not use your yeah, hands. Yeah, you couldn't use your hands. You had to get it with your mouth and the table and throw it back. back in your mouth. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was it. That was it. That I was had one too many of those suckers, <laughs> and they really hit you. Yeah. do that with no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> nope, no. Would not, Gary, at all. No. Not at all. Oh, <laughs> fun times, yeah. Yes. It, was, it seemed so short, and yet it was so much fun. It was. We, I, I think it's just because, like, every weekend I work there. Yeah. So, I mean, even though I was doing other things and working, you know, Kmart, and then I worked insurance and everything else while I was doing that. Every weekend yeah. I worked at the radio station, yeah. Yeah, but your social life was sort of taken care it of. Was. It. That was it. It was. That, that was, was it. it. If yeah. You, if you I wanted mean, to take advantage of it, I mean, you didn't have to out, show up. We right. went out. I mean, I don't I don't think I would have ever done anything like that. I mean, if I wasn't with the radio station, I was very shy. I know oh. that Liz doesn't think I was, but I was. <laughs> so I, I don't think I would have ever done any of that. I wouldn't yeah. have went out to Cubby O'Brien's and went out to those places. Yeah, because I, can, I can see that now after being her friend for years and I, years and years. I really, yeah, I probably wouldn't have, but it was, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Hey, I did. did you know Vern Nolte? Because he passed before I got there. I know of him more from your dad and him. Brother. Yeah, because I, I mean, John was who I was with. I mean, John Nolte was there. But John didn't hire you. Did John hire you? No. No, Steve did. Steve did. I mean, Steve, he's the one I talked to, and I got the job through Steve Summers. Okay. But but I know Tom worked there. Tom Jerdrum. Yeah, he was there. But I don't think he was there initially when I started. See, because Greg Strassel hired myself and John Ivey, and that would have been in May of 89. They were still there. I remember them. Okay. So, because Greg was there, yeah. and I think Greg was still even there after I was gone. Oh. I don't know. Was he there when you had left? Or? No, he was not. Um, and I can't think of the guy's name. But that you was left there. after me, right? Uh, before you, I left before you. Oh, you you did. Yeah. Okay, it must have been shortly. I, I left was in it October 92? of ninety one. Oh, okay. So ninety two, I was there yeah. still. Are you guys talking about Mark McClure? No, oh, um, I do remember that name. Okay. Well, if it, it might have been after me, I don't remember that at all. I just know Tom Jerdrum was the D, was the uh, PD, the ops guy, Steve Summers, because I right. was promotions director. And Tom did on air though. Yeah, yeah. Rodzilla. That yeah, Rodzilla. Rodzilla. It was the evening. Was it had to be the yeah. evenings. Tom Jerdrum like was Rodzilla. Yeah, yes, that was he his was name. Rodzilla. 
Yeah. No way. Yeah, yes. way. I, honest to God, thought they were two separate people. Oh, no. Because no. I never knew him. No, that's him. him. I never yeah. knew him. Yeah. So I'm no, just going yeah, by that's names. Him. Rodzilla. Rodzilla. Oh, my. You're right. You're right. He Absolutely. was a screamer. He was a screamer. Oh, my. <laughs> and he's really cute, too. I mean, we worked with great, cute guys. <laughs> we did. Right? They're all cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. yeah. I mean, no, look at he this picture. Was, Okay. Yeah, see? See, she's looking at... Are you guys going to be okay? Yeah, we're going to yeah, be fine. We'll wrap it up, and we're, then we'll go okay. have a drink. We're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good. No, yeah, he was great. He was great. So he was at, he was in the evenings, I think. Yeah, so, I think it was, too, because yeah. he, he would be there after Yeah, because he was screaming. You yeah. know. And then, so, then he'd record it, because remember sometimes you could record it? Towards the end there, they could record. I, I remember that. I think I was um, always live. What do you mean, like yeah. voice tracks? Yeah, like he could voice track. He'd voice track something. Like one or two hours, either that or he'd say, go in and do a quick blurb and then come out again. Maybe he just did that and then have somebody else run the board. I don't remember. It's, wow. it's kind of blurry. It's amazing how many people have went through there, though, oh. isn't it? Like, really, when you think about radio as a whole and how many people went through there and are, like, Elsewhere, everywhere. like your brother. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere yeah. in the nation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you really... And Tim, like you went to Virginia and you're talking to people going up to Michigan and you're talking to people that were from here. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I yeah. went there too. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went into an event uh, Sunday in Chicago and it was called the uh, Rock Radio Revisited. It was a fundraiser thing for the Museum of Broadcast Communications down in Chicago. And they had panelists on, on the stage, uh, Wendy Snyder was the uh, moderator, and they had John Records, Landecker, and Tommy Edwards, and uh, Diana Williams, and, and Bob Stroud that I talked mm-hmm. about before. Afterwards, you know, you run into people and stuff like that. You know, you're all sort of speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. These two gals that I think they used to work in the office at WLS back in the day, I met them in the elevator in the, in the parking garage. So we said, you know, uh, here's where you go. You go down, take a lap to get to the theater. Okay, fine, thank you. And then I met them in the parking garage when we were leaving because they couldn't find their car. They rolled down the window and they said, are you going to the Giordano's thing afterwards? It's only 10 minutes from here. And I go, I don't know anything about it. She goes, oh, it's going to be all the WLS people, all the past WLS people. I go, well, hellfire, I'm in. (laughs) I could be a past WLS person. So, so Landecker and Edwards didn't show up, you know, but the, but the younger guys did. So we had 18 people. And the point of my story on this is twofold. One, when the waitress came and she says, with a group of this size, this is how we have to handle the ordering and how we have to handle the bills. So she was explaining it. Right. So one guy, his name is Don Beto. Uh, he worked at WCFL back in the day, like 92. I had no clue who he was because okay. I just don't remember listening to WCFL. So he started this thing. And of course, everybody is jumping on board going, I thought we had a trade here. <laughs> and everybody else is going, didn't you have a trade here? And says, I don't have a trade here. So on and on. And of course, the waitress had no clue what yeah. we were talking about. Right, right. So, speak radio so all right. these stories just flying around, all these stories. And this guy, this Don Beetle, was sitting there, and he's just very quiet. And I go, okay, maybe, you know, like a sales manager somewhere, you know, along the lines. I get home, and I look up his name on YouTube, believe it or not. I don't look up radio. I just put his name in there. He is a screamer on WCFL. 
which reminds me of the Rodzilla thing. This calm, hardly said anything guy was nuts on the air. It's so, funny how your persona changes. That's I it. mean, it does for me it does. when I'm on. My mom used to say when I was on the phone, you, you, oh, you're putting on your phone voice? Are you talking to a boy? <laughs> you know, when I was younger growing up. But I you remember do. you used to say that. Like, you used to say how you had to, like, turn it on. Yeah. You know, you had to turn it on yes. and, and, then you and turn it off. be that person. Then you could turn it off and go and be just Liz, yeah. you know? But this is more so, like just is, talk, like us talking. When though. we're talking, I'm like, oh, like Carol, oh. I have to be on. You know, I got to be on at such and such. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, you know, you got to be on. You got to be, got to be hyper. Do gotta you be, remember having yeah, that conversation? I do. I actually yeah. do. Yeah. I do. We would have deep conversations. We have sleepovers too. Remember that? And yeah, I we went to my first Red Sox game with you guys. Do you remember that? Yes. Did you tailgate? Did we tailgate? Yeah, we tailgated because it was in Milwaukee. Oh, that's the best. We it tailgated all the we time. We tailgated and we went in. Yeah. And I actually had a Red Sox shirt. Of course, I don't think you had a brat, though, did you? Nope, I didn't okay, have a brat at that time. So. Yeah. No, I think I had the veggie dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I brought the veggie dogs. <laughs> at that point in time. I don't think there was such a thing. Is there yeah. such a thing? Who even? knows? Who knows? Oh but that was way back when. you got beer poured on you. Yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Probably if we were all but we like, were, but we were all coming. We were all in one little section, yep. and it was just and it was your brother Mark, it was you, yeah, um, your mom and dad and me and it was Kathy. I think Kathy came down too. Did she come? I think yeah, she came she, too. Oh yeah. So it was just like six of us. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Oh yeah. My God. So that was my when you were talking about Red Sox, I thought that's my first Red Sox game. Was yeah, with that Carol. was fun. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. But we did so much. I mean, all of our stuff goes so far back that it's just it's crazy <laughs> to think. If only everybody had that kind of, like, teenage to 26-year-old. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. man. Just jam-packed full of stuff. Well, we did have a great time. That was in our 20s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah. I turned 30 when I was leaving, and there was a big surprise party. Are you over 30? I'm over 30. I'm 32 <laughs> know, now, darn it. Can't believe it's it. hard to believe. Yeah. I know. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I'm really, still 25. I don't know what you're Really yeah. hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel it now. Let me tell you. Yeah, so. yep, yep. Oh, yeah, exactly, OG. exactly. So what's your favorite station promotion that we ever did? And it could be before me, with oh after me, whatever. Um, I mean, I loved, loved the star parties. Um, yeah. But all the Cubby O'Brien's things were really fun, too. I mean, we did a lot of promotions. Like I said, we gave away tons of, we gave away cars, we gave away boats, we gave away all kinds of stuff. Do you stuff. remember Magic Waters and the Wet Wednesdays? Oh my God, absolutely. Always? Yeah, and Jeff Wicker picking me up, going to throw me in. I actually have a picture of that. Do you really? Um, okay, so there's your, there's another. And then we have, Ooh. we have like, um, we had the Big Macs out there, yep. you know, and we would just broadcast from there. That was super fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We did a lot of those things. I, I don't, I, I don't remember like. Anywhere that was like really far away or anything that we did. The fairs. The fairs were the only thing that I remember because I got lost going to the Winnebago County Fair. <laughs> Do you I didn't still? know where. No, you, I know where that is now by the back of my hand. But I didn't know where some of the fairground places were. Yeah. And I remember when I first got to town, I didn't realize that, is it Spring Brook Creek? Which one turns into Auburn? Spring Creek. Spring Creek turns into Auburn. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. I was on the wrong side of town. Couldn't figure out how to get back. Yeah, that's and I knew scary. that my ship was going to start. I remember we soon. did something in uh, Beloit. Was it Beloit the, Snappers? We do the Beloit Snappers. Oh, yeah, we did different. Now. We did step up there with Big Macs too, and I mm -hmm. literally got lost going up there too. Mm -hmm. So that's well, it was such a long way away. It's not very <laughs> far away now, but, no, but it like, seemed you just, like 
you're like, oh my god. What oh, the it's hell? like the like uh, the cork was so far away. Oh, the cork, I love the you know? cork. So far away. That is so far. But, did yeah. we do anything at the cork, or did we not? I we mean, did parties. We did like Friday did. night dance parties or something like that. And it was definitely dancing for yeah. sure because it had the big dance floor and mm-hmm. yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, what? all that stuff. It's just so fun to remember all that. And it's sad because these young people today, they don't have the places to go dance or meet people or mingle or mm. I don't know. You know, you got bar and grill. That's, you know, that's the only club you got anymore. It's not, it's not the club. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know. They don't have anything. I can't think of anything here in town that's even a club. I'm happy you guys had me. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, we'll call you when we get Jeff Wicker in, too. Oh, yeah. Got it, Jeff. I'm You're coming, coming in. in. I'm coming in for <laughs> that right. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll come in for that one. All right. Thank you, Carol Knoll, Carol Bailing, Carol Thompson, Carol Knight. Oh, yeah, my God. You've got I, more names than I do. I know. I had a lot of aliases. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.